I thought you were in Phoenix. I am in Phoenix. So I haven't talked to you in like three years. I know, right? I think, yeah, it's been three years, maybe four. I don't even know. I think three. Yeah. I've been to Scott. We, um, let's see. I moved a year and a half ago. I just, shit got busy and I don't know. No, four years. We haven't talked in four years because I started working four years ago. Damn. How's life? I I hear that you are now back at, um, back east. Yep, I'm on Ryan's side of the world. Um, I'm in my second year of my master's. Yay! Yeah. Congrats. It's so good to be back in school. I love it. Yeah. I mean, it's got its its ups and downs, but oh, I've missed it. I've missed being on the East Coast. I missed not being with my parents. One day, okay, we need to figure out a time when I can update you on the last four years of my life and vice versa. We have to, like, discuss things. <laughs> yes, we, we, have, we have things to discuss. Yes, we do have things and, to discuss. Oh, oh, things you will appreciate. I started watching The West Wing, finally. Okay. I, I see you've been quoting it on the... Yes, well, yeah. yeah. And, damn it, I wish it was still on because know, it needs right? to talk about current <laughs> issues and, like, updates. Oh, God. I love it. Oh. I mean, I've seen episodes. I've seen most of the episodes. I know all the major spoilers. You know, I, I don't really care. Yeah. But it's just God, it's a very damn. well-written show, and it's, I, it's I so agree. Cool. They, don't, they yeah. don't do television like that anymore. They don't. They, no, they do. I would the vote thing, for thing, him the, in a second. I would, too, in a heartbeat. Jed, Jed Bartlett at this point would win, like, as a write-in. <laughs> oh, God. Can, can we do that? Can, can we do that? Sure. And, Cat, when Gilmore Girls has aired, we will talk about that too yeah, because yeah, I need somebody to talk about. It. Yay! Hi, Scott. Hello. Hello. But yeah, no, I'm watching the West Wing episode where they're debating like "Don't Ask, Don't Tell" and gay marriage and all this stuff, and I'm just like, oh. <laughs> Remember oh. history when that was a thing? <laughs> I know. Well, the, the well, no, I was I was telling them about this earlier, but the the fact that the Lowell Lydell case is based on the Max Shepard case or the Matt Shepard case and the fact that a it's Minnesota b these people are from St Paul c Lowell is my cousin's name was I'm sitting there like bawling my eyes out and I'm just like this just hits home far too much I'm just gonna sit here and sob yeah it was bad it was very bad yeah no it was man that was so long ago. I know, I the, know. The new podcast that they're doing that Josh Malina and Rishi Hirsche or however you say his name is so good. And yeah. my favorite part is they use clips from the show all the time. Oh, nice. yeah. oh Allison Janney just got her star. Yeah, they were just there. I nice. just, it just came up on my Facebook feed. Hmm. Oh, goodness. Yeah, went to Allison Janney's Hollywood Walk of Fame star ceremony. Josh cracked jokes the whole time and... Uh, Hershey only mildly freaked out when Allison da- Janey, Janey touched him. It was a great day. <laughs> Cute. Mm-hmm. Very awesome. Yeah. FYI, if I start not making sense, A, I have a drink. B, I'm on about four hours of sleep tonight. I couldn't get to sleep last night. Our walls are thin. My next door neighbors like to have fun. And my I roommate. I don't want the definition. You, you, do, you don't want to know. You don't want to know. Um, and my roommate came home at about one thirty this morning from Canada, actually. And he called, but my phone was on vibrate, so I didn't hear it. And then he's ringing the doorbell, and it's not a very loud doorbell. 
So it takes my brain a minute to realize, A, I'm not dreaming. B, it really is the doorbell. And C, there's actually somebody outside who wants to get in. And I'm just like, dude, it's 1.30 in the morning. <laughs> Be very glad I didn't like hit you over the head with a baseball bat. If I start not making sense, uh, I work nights these days. Oh, what so are you I doing podcasting? God knows. She loves us. I, I, I missed you guys. Once in a while, I have like, to podcast because for for the sake of study, I have to talk to other people. But I mean, don't you? Oh, oh, oh. Okay, so it's not like a okay, okay. She it's not like to a talk what? To other adults. We need to start because I'm getting cold. I could yes. maybe turn okay. on the heater. We'll start. The heater hasn't been on all year, so or since summer, we're very How little. Because I'm I still sleeping with the door open. I'm sorry. I forget that winter exists. It's <laughs> how hot it how hot is we it out right snow. now? Uh, what? It's, really? It's snowing up on Timberline. We just had a Our lot, a lot of rain no and a tornado. Yet. No, two tornadoes. We had two tornadoes. Two. It is currently eighty five degrees. Shut up. Ooh. Hey, I have this new thing on my on my map. Somewhere it's very around cool. thirty two here. Watch this. Siri, mm-hmm. what's the temperature in Scapoos right now? Thank you. Could you hear him? First now it won't work. No. He's, no. I have an Australian Siri. He said it's 53 degrees Siri in, in Scapoose right now. <laughs> it took me five days to figure out how to work Siri, but now I have him on my computer and he's kind of fun. Yeah, it was the high was 92 today. <laughs> That's too long. Uh, Our high was what? Um, <laughs> probably like 35. It's 29 right now. This is right around the, the time of year that people start hating me for the weather that I, you know, enjoy. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's just, they'll ask me on, like, Christmas this Day. This is the weather that we would like to have, and your weather in summer, we're like, no. <laughs> oh, summer is hell. Wait, but Arizona that's... doesn't have seasons, right? Really? Arizona does. hot and hotter. I mean, have... but you don't have, like, changing leaves and all that nice no. stuff. No. But we also don't have leaves. They don't have trees oh, that, that have that, leaves. That's true. Have, that's true. <laughs> we don't have leaves. Well, Arizona, okay. Northern Arizona has leaves, and they change. I just, I remember being in Arizona. I was like seven. I got dehydrated. But anyway, that's not the point. But I just remember the the the, the grapefruit trees or whatever the heck they were. Maybe they were orange. I don't know. In Arizona? That, that's not Arizona. Yeah. No. That's, Arizona no, that's doesn't not grow Arizona. oranges or grapefruits. That's Arizona. California. Southern no. Arizona has cacti. Northern no. Arizona has mountains. I was in Sun City, if that helps any. Mm-hmm. That's southern. That's like just north of Phoenix. But I swear to God, there were trees. So there might have been like man man made planted trees. I don't know. There were trees, and they sent us oranges. Man-made planted trees. <laughs> 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 there, there might have been an orchard planted. Man-made you, planted trees. That's really good. I like that. That names our episode. I'm listening to a D&D podcast, and they're in a library, and they're like, the gal's like, can I do a nature trek? Because I'm really good at nature, and books are made out of trees. And they're like, No! Well, the shelves are made out of trees. They're like, no. <laughs> and 
on that note, we're going to start I Know Not and I Cannot Know, Yet I Live and I Love Good by God. Billows and Smoke. This made me cry. It's a good one. It's so, a good one. There's something weird going on. Oh, my. We need search and rescue for Skype. Well, I mean, come on. We've got two Hufflepuffs here. You could just go find them. <laughs> You've got three now. <laughs> What have you done, Alex? You're calling people. Don't call strangers. <laughs> oh, dear. Wow. I... You almost have ruined Charlie to tell for me there. <laughs> almost. And I told Alex, you are not welcome in my bed with squirrel breath. Who dares enter my chamber? Can you do that again? Awesome. <laughs> oh, there's into my chambers. <laughs> Save yeah. that for something it totally needs to be cute. <laughs> you know yeah. what? I think she just replaced Scott. <laughs> Sex and snork eggs. Awkward. Yeah, Google I have food Google is always food. useful. Okay, Google food. I, have, came I was having fun. Well, that's oh. always good, too. We're not fun anymore. You're a different kind of fun. You don't want it to be the same kind of fun. I was going to say, I don't want to know what kind of fun you were having. <laughs> and that's all we're going to say about that because... Because <laughs> we don't want to know what you were doing. Thanks. Now you're just making it seem even worse. <laughs> you are evil. She's just trying to separate church and state, it's all. Doing the Ryan thing. <laughs> oh, Want to hear my stupid story? Yes. <laughs> I know you did something because you sent me a message and was like, "Do I have a story for you?" And I'm like, "Oh no." I'm sorry, I just broke a lot of memories, and I'm thinking, "Oh shit, me and my oversharing." <laughs> you do like to do that. She flews the headmaster's office, and Albus says, Good evening, Minerva. Is there a problem? Albus, I have an unconscious Death Eater tied up in my office. Now, Minerva, I'm sure Severus was just... (laughs) (laughs) Because we were slightly off topic. Off topic? Us? Never. Never. No, not at all. How dare you, Sue? How dare you? I know. We're in depth when we're not off topic. Yeah. Lockhart leaves before Harry and Ron can come out of the closet. Gave me some big brassy balls. Well, you know, we have to have balls. That's what we do. I, go, I need to learn how to have a filter on my mouth. Bloody buggering hell. <laughs> oh, shit. Bloody Merlin's galloping gargoyles. <laughs> okay. I hate being responsible. Welcome to Potterfic Weekly, the flagship of the family of podcasts that is Potterfic Weekly. I'm Sue. I'm Scott. I'm Kat. And I'm Mooney. And this is Buffalo. So, as I've already stated, we're going to be reading I Know Not and I Cannot Know, Yet I Live and I Love, which is found on fanfiction. And I love this. This is And AO3, too. What, huh? And, and it's also on AO3. Oh, okay. Um, the author's note says that this fic is in response to a Tumblr prompt 
that more or less raised the point. If you're ever sad, just remember that Snape had to deal with Luna's hippie flower child shenanigans in his class. And the author thought, oh no, but he would be so mean. That makes me even sadder. Or would there be more than that? Spoilers. There's more than mm. that. Yeah. So It's been a long time since I've read a fic like this, where it wasn't a shipping fic. And just sort of, and it wasn't even like a friendship fic. It was just this like relationship gen- fic. And it was, it was great. It's gen fic and this is my wheelhouse. This is where I love it. And I, mm-hmm. I will say Sue was not particularly clear when she texted me about this fic. So I was very scared that it was a ship Snape Luna fic that was starting in 1992. Oh my god! I would love to see that actually. I'm I'm panicking and like going like oh god slash. I started to put a slash and I was like oh no then she'll misunderstand me completely. No, not misunderstand Snape Luna fic, please. No, we don't want a Snape Ludovic that starts in 1992. That's sick. That's I'm wrong. Snape is started in 1992. That is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right. no, well, that's what Kat thought she was getting into. Find me a Snape Ludovic, <laughs> and we'll see if we can put it somewhere nicely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this is really fun. But yes. This um, is a great thing. This is this about... Is Luna being in Snape's class and it starts from her first year and just how much their worldviews completely clash with each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I also and think- at first he is just really hard on her because she's being weird and not following the prescribed methods of doing potions and things, but I can it just, imagine it doesn't work like she doesn't respond the way he's gotten used to students responding she's not scared she doesn't get angry she just, uh, it doesn't make any sense to him and he has to think about it more and then yeah. thinking about feelings is never good and yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. well and i think it's also you know luna luna's one of those rare people that no matter what happens to them they know exactly who they are right you know, even for, as, as an 11-year-old, Luna knew exactly who she was. And I think in some ways, like, there's a maturity in that that Snape, you know, would come to respect mm-hmm. once he realized that. And, and he doesn't respect. But, like, even in canon, I, I feel like he would come to respect the fact that Luna, you know, through all the things that happen within the series, Luna will always be Luna. Mm-hmm. And... She doesn't care what other people think. She's just going to do do her as Amen it were. Amen to that. And, you know, it takes a really big person to do that and a really wise person and a really strong person. Um, even Harry, you know, changed when, you know, people's opinions of him, him changed. Mm-hmm. As, and as much as we hold him up as the hero of the, of the series, you know, as the strong, brave one. So, you know, I think... Snape recognizes the fact that this is a rare quality that, you know, shouldn't, should be celebrated and not, you know, demeaned. Yes. Well, it doesn't start out that way, which is, but it's really, yeah, it's fun to see the evolution of Snape and Luna's relationship, not in a bad way or whatever, but it is a relationship throughout this story because it starts off with him, with her coming into class with baby's breath in her hair. And him just freaking out because what is this girl doing? 
And, you know, she glides over and glares down it. And this author really has a good way with the words. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, do you mind explaining to me? I should, Scott, read this for us, would you? <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. He says, do you mind explaining to me what you were thinking when you decided to bring that nonsense into my classroom? And oh she doesn't God, get it. Scott. <laughs> and then she goes, oh, this. Oh, right. my God. Yeah. Yeah, she says, there's an aura of sadness down here, and baby's breath brings light and happiness, especially when worn about the head. <laughs> Her answer totally imbalanced. Well, slightly for a second, I thought he was, I, For a second, I thought she was going to offer it to him in that moment, <laughs> like, oh, God. Yeah. He needs it. Here, put this on. You need it more than I do. <laughs> <laughs> and he now tells, I want bad, bad art of Snape with baby's breath around his head. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he tells her to remove it, and she asks why. And his mouth hangs open because... <laughs> <laughs> No one's ever asked him why before. They always are afraid of him and do it. And he's just like, it's against the dress code. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And, you know, he just, he doesn't know what to do with her. Yeah. I don't think anybody does. No. And he waits for her to make a mistake, but she's precise and thoughtful. And when she pauses, it's to glance at the textbook and... He, you know. he tries to star- startle her and make her jump, and she doesn't. Mm-hmm. She just keeps going. Yeah. And he's like, and, you know, that makes you mad. We'll go torment a Hufflepuff instead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Hufflepuffs show the appropriate amount of fear. Which, hey, they're 11. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, give them time. They won't fear you for long. <laughs> Pick on someone, uh, Hufflepuff, your own size. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like the the line at the beginning of the next little bit. It says, when Snape dislikes someone, no one takes notice of it because Snape oh, does not particularly awesome. like anyone. But when Snape hates someone, it's very difficult to ignore. Harry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so the next day, no one sits next to Luna. But it doesn't upset her. She just takes it as Luna takes it, you know? It probably yeah. does upset her, but she's subtle about it. Mm-hmm. Well, we know it does. It, I mean, no. see you oh, yeah. Times. Well, and and you think about the fact that, you know, like, for most of her Hogwarts career, she was all alone. And yeah, she was yeah. Looney Lovegood. Yeah. Oh, Ravenclaws. <laughs> but, yeah. so you she's, think Ravenclaws would have better tolerance for the mad genius, but... Uh, you would not. think. I guess just 11-year-olds in general are not all that tolerant. <laughs> well, you'd think the older... Well, it's true. She, she probably did drive most of them crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> They're all That's nice, Luna. I'm trying to study. <laughs> yeah. Um, she's probably the one doing the feng shui and all of that stuff while people are trying to study and are just like, leave me alone. Yes. Well, I like, do not need a plan. Thank she's you. Mo- she's moving the chairs while they're still in the chair. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. Well, she rearranges. Yeah, I love it. But no. I had to move you from underneath the nargles. so he's you know it's the next day no one's sitting next to her halfway through the period she's doing something strange she's got a branch of valerian and she's looking at it and she's frowning at it and she's tracing the blossoms and then she like holds it out in her arm and balances it like a wand and she's got one eye closed and he's like get back to work and she (laughs) says i just want to know how it's magic 
and he opens his mouth to respond, but he doesn't quite know what she's talking about. Because and, no one asks stuff like that. Like, it's a valid question, but yeah. no one asks stuff like that. And, you know, yeah, how is it magic? Her. And he decides that she's either speaking nonsense or he's misunderstood her. And she's already gotten back to work, so he goes back. But it's, you know, her her luniness has just now got a little claw hold inside of him. He doesn't know it yet. <laughs> yeah. But he's been infected by the Luna virus. By Nargles. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, he's well, and and, yeah. going to take a hold of him. It'll take some time, but, you know. That's what viruses do. Oh, speaking of Fantastic Beasts, we've all heard that there are apparently going to be five movies now. Mm -hmm. I don't know what to say to that. I've been defending it. My dad wants to go see him. He's very excited about seeing proper magic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A lot of people are like, oh, you know, they're just doing it for the money, and and it's not part of the Harry Potter front, you know... Joe's writing them. I'm curious to know what stories they come up with for this. Well, See, I think so, this, is, this is what I think. I think if they just do it on Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them and only not. Fantastic Beasts. But they're not. There, there's not that much information. Mooney, you're going to love this. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. What? This is what's happening. It's How do you know? Because I have my finger in all the pies. It's going to be about Dumbledore and Grindelwald. (gasps) Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know that part. I guess. Okay. The first five minutes of the show, the very the opening scene of the movie, are just a montage of newspapers all about Grindelwald. In the first one. In the one that's coming out in November, yes. Oh. Mm Mm-hmm. Because apparently Grindelwald was a thing in the 20s and lasts until yeah, the 40s. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so. it lasts a really long time. Some of the math is a little bit off, but... and <laughs> We know okay. Joe and Matt. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So Grindelwald was a thing from roughly the 20s to the 40s. That's 20 years, yeah? Mm-hmm. And then so Voldemort Grind- comes Grindelwald, around... Grindelwald is the wizarding equivalent of Hitler. Right. No, I know, I know, I know, I know. So Grindelwald comes along like 20s to the 40s, that's 20 years. And then we have Voldemort from roughly like the 60s to the 80s and then the 90s. That's another 20 years, 20, whatever. So basically in a 100-year span, you've got an evil wizard running around for half of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's got to be awful. Yeah. yeah. Well, no wonder they they wanted, Fudge wanted, didn't want to admit that he was back because, you know... Yeah. Yeah, I don't blame them. Although, Joe... What they've ended up doing, well, I don't know how they'll work it out and such, but we always knew that Grindelwald was roughly concurrent with the Second World War. But now with this, they've moved it back, so Grindelwald is behind, or is going on during both of them, apparently. So he's more than just the Hitler analog. He's started earlier. And I hope they yeah. could, they they talk about Salem because I want to know which witch I'm descended from <laughs> because the statue makes no sense. I've tried to analyze it; it doesn't make sense. Well, I'm gonna, I'm really interested to see if they go more into Dumbledore's and his relationship. They probably will, because yeah. otherwise you can't tell that story. You can't yeah. have if if they make a a, a movie about the Marauders. I would buy a hundred tickets. I would love that one too. That see that that's my wheelhouse. Like that era is just like mm-hmm. everything that I want to know. Like I want to know more. And she's given us a note card. 
<laughs> I know. That was about Harry. <laughs> it might be more. No, it wasn't. She yes, it was. She might. It not was James and Sirius, and they were discussing who, what, who, what they were going to name Harry. I know, I know, but yeah. I mean, they we used to we got James and Sirius in the motorbike and the muggle, police whatever officer. the hell he was. He a policeman? Police officer. Yes. A policeman. Yeah. He was a policeman. Yeah. It's it's still not enough. No, I know. But if she's into this, and yeah. she's you know she's been drawn back into the Potter, yeah. Then when this is done, maybe we will get that. I I feel like this is a little like um, J.R.R. Tolkien when he was done with Lord See, of the Rings. People have been yeah. saying that, and people are saying, "Oh, well, it's just them trying to get more money." No, 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 not so not like that. No, I, don't not go Tolkien, to the movies not, if you don't want to yeah. give them the money. What I was saying, because Tolkien, when he was so, when you're an author, and I've done, I've done this too, um, you world build. So you're, you have you're to. thinking about not just the plot, you're thinking about the world that you're creating. And so that doesn't stop just because the book series is done. No, heck no. Like, you know, so you've got this whole world, and like, if fans ask for it, if you've got the following, then like, why not give them more of, of your perspective of how the world looks? Mm-hmm. So, Tolkien had all these notes and all these books other than Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit that, you know, he gave us the Silmarillion, which is basically like the Bible of, of this world of Middle mm-hmm. Earth. And then okay, Joe still owes us the Scottish book. There's, <laughs> yes, she does. It's she really Potter does. More. But, um, but then, the, then there's also like, you know, all this stuff of, of poetry and, you know, legends and all this stuff going on that he published and he mm-hmm. gave us. So I feel like this is very much in the, in the way of Tolkien giving his fans more and Sir Arthur Conan Doyle giving his fans more mm-hmm. of there's a world that fans who don't write just can't imagine more. So they mm-hmm. need to be given more. Can I just make one more request of this? Can we vindicate the Slytherins, please? <laughs> because Cursed Child didn't do it justice. I, I wanna I wanna vindicate the Hufflepuffs. Well they too, but I wanna vindicate the Slytherins. Yeah, but you've had your chance. You get I I think you didn't do anything. What I'm saying is you had a turn, you deserve another one. But the Hufflepuffs yeah. get the get Get the last place at everything in fan fiction, in Wizard Rock, like every single thing. It's just like Hufflepuffs suck. Hufflepuffs suck. It's like the fuck, like you. Hufflepuffs are particularly good finders. What the hell is a Hufflepuff? <laughs> One interview from Joe is not enough effort. We need more. <laughs> We're way off course. Back to the story. Luna has come to school for the next couple of days with no problem, but then she shows up with pine cone earrings yes, that she may awesome. or may not have made herself. Probably did. Mm-hmm. Which I will say, Snape has a fair point. Mm-hmm. Dangly yes. earrings and potions or cooking do not mix. No. Yeah. But he is also looking for things to pick on about her because it mentions he, you know he like, is. this is the first time he's actually enforced the dress code in mm-hmm. years but it's good classroom policy <laughs> it is that's true and you know yeah, she cause... looks up at him and says professor flitwick said they were all right i asked him and he takes five points yeah because he's safe mm-hmm. very inter- yep and then you know he's he's just got a 
he's got to work out a strategy because, you know, the intimidation that reduces Neville to tears without any effort, Miss Lovegood doesn't, doesn't phase her at all. Mm-hmm. And when he snaps at her, she just, you know, just keeps on going. He even just kicked her book bag once when he knew it was full of delicate wildflowers. And she's like, oh, dear, I'm always in the way. And, you know, it's just like everything he tries, he can't get a rise out of her. Yeah. She's just... Typical bully behavior. Mm. Well, and it's, you know, it's the wrong approach because, you know, a lot of this is, you know, life is unfair and... But that, you know, which is, you know, what get, gets a rise out of Harry is, you know, anything that's unfair he fights mm-hmm. against. But, I mean, Luna lost her mother at a very young age, and everybody thinks she's weird and teases her. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she's learned that lesson, and she's let it go. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so. It's, uh... But but I I love the point that the author makes that she doesn't brag about her intelligence the way that Hermione does. Mm-mm. But she's in Ravenclaw for a reason. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. She knows things. Yes. He asks a question about wood bentony. No. He yes. answers the question. But she waits to make sure that nobody else wants to answer it before she answers yeah. it. Yeah. Unlike she Hermione. She gives him a textbook answer and then adds, and I like to carry a satchel of it when the fire signs are dominant. <laughs> She sounds like Trelawney. Because I'm an Aquarius. I'm no longer an Aquarius, and I'm pissed off about it. Aw. I didn't bother to look. I'm not sure what I am or am not anymore. Did the signs change? It's nev- it the never signs, changed. They discovered, a new, just... they, they discovered a, a new sign, so all the dates changed. Really? Oh. Yeah. Oh, and it happened, like, 25 years ago, and it just sort of got mentioned again that, oh, yeah, this is a thing, and the internet went crazy. Oh, I must have missed it because I know nothing about it. And the people who, like the astronomers who said it, it's like, really, this doesn't affect anything because the actual positions of the actual stars are not what anything is with astrology anyway, so feel free to keep using your 12. It's fine. (laughs) But I'm apparently a Taurus now, whatever that means. That's a bull, right? That's me. Yeah, I'm a a Capricorn, apparently. So what are the the Taurus dates now? Taurus is 13 May to 21 June. Oh, so I'm no longer a Taurus. You're Aries. Yeah, I'm sticking with Taurus. Sorry. (laughs) I like my bull. Aquarius! Aquarius never resonated with me. Not that I believe in any of it, but like it, it was never. It was kind of like an afterthought of like, eh, whatever. I, I'm not really, you know, people. It would it would be described yeah. to me, and I would be like, eh, no, that's not really me. Mm-hmm. Okay, hold on. I'm looking at the dates for mm-hmm. these, and it goes like the first. The new one is like Offi Offi or I don't know, whatever. Anyway, and it goes from like 29 November to 17 December. And then Sagittarius starts 17 December. So why are they starting on the same day? Don't, I don't, don't know. They not do that? I don't that know. sounds weird. I, I yeah. That so what weird. this is telling me is that all somebody broke. made a typo. Yes, probably. No, they all, they all do. They all all the dates for the last one are the same as the dates for the first date for the next one. Well, it's, see, it's whoever is lucky like, enough to be you're born on that on the cusp date gets that to point. pick which one they like. Oh, okay. I don't know. Anyway. 
I, it was just something that I thought of when she was talking about her her sign and, mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. I was like, I'm no longer an Aquarius. Yeah. So but apparently the professor is a Capricorn because she asked it. him and he takes points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and, you know, he just, he's having a really hard time continuing his onslaught. Yes. Especially since she's named her tadpoles. Yes. What? Well, you know, on, they should have a name on before what, she kills him. On one particular, on one day in particular, he catches her laying a whole tadpole into her cauldron with a sad goodbye, little Theodore, and a solemn salute. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, man. Only, I love this though, because it says, "And the only thing he can do is feel angry and slightly appalled." <laughs> <laughs> now, because these are the fix? only feelings vaguely appropriate enough in his emotional vocabulary. <laughs> Did you remember that fic where it was Theodore and Luna, and it was yes. like the frog prince or yes. whatever? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just totally reminds me of that. <laughs> it, it's just, it's totally. She is it's not totally throwing Theodore not into her cauldron. It's <laughs> so like now I'm imagining that like you know. Th- this takes place like a little bit later, and so like she's naming it after Theodore. Not, I don't even know after. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just I I like the concept of maybe like she's named all her tadpoles based on like people who make fun of her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's a hell of a long list. Well, she's well, got a lot of tadpoles. Got a lot of tadpoles. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Not would make fun of her though. I think he what? just keeps to himself. I don't think Not what? would make fun. of her. I don't think he would. I think everybody makes fun of her, mm-hmm. including Harry, by the way. Except everybody makes fun of, of Luna, except for Ginny. So I think she, she's basically just got, you know, anybody who's, who ever says anything to her about how she's loony, loony, loopy, love good. Loony, loopy. <sighs> loony, loopy. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, Snape's trying everything to uh, intimidate her and to get a response out of her and all of that. And he walks into the classroom. He even does the um, like teen movie thing of when she's got her hand up. He's like, anyone? Anyone at all? No one? Bueller. Bueller. <laughs> Not paying attention to her hand. Mm-hmm. Which would infuriate Hermione, but uh, Luna doesn't really care. Yeah, yeah but Hermione needs to learn that, though. Yeah. yeah. It's a good lesson. I mean, I don't know why she didn't learn that in muggle school. Well, Hermione also, I think, her issue is she feels like if she shares the answer, then she proves that she knows it. Mm-hmm. And since Luna knows herself, you know, she doesn't have to prove anything. Right. She mm. can share the answer if the teacher calls on her, but, you know, it doesn't change the fact that she knows it. And it doesn't, you know, it doesn't change yeah, her status. She doesn't need the validation. She doesn't right. need the validation at all. Hermione's totally about validation, and that doesn't change in all seven books, including at the in the epilogue. She's still kind of looking for validation a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's—I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. That's just you know Hermione mm-hmm. um, and who she is, but it's just a different approach that I I, I respect Luna for just kind of being herself yeah. and totally. I like the fix where they. Um, they get over how different they are and end up friends, Luna and Hermione. I do, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they're equally smart. It's just that they go about things in different ways. Right. Totally. Yeah. Luna is is every bit as smart as Hermione. <laughs> it's just that Hermione has sometimes has a really hard time overlooking Luna's 
randomness and eccentricities. Rationality. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's those nargles. Can we have something other than nargles? Okay. It's those crumpled hand horn snorkacks. Or the rack spurts. The rack spurts. There you rack go. Rack spurts are good, yep. I've been out of the fandom for like years and I'm still remembering this shit. I'm proud of myself. <laughs> You're not like Melinda. It's not, it's not like, it's not that I'm like out because of choice. It's just that all my time gets taken up by. No, I mean, other Ra- uh, Ryan's comment of, Melinda is no longer fluent in Harry Potter. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't remember that. She she couldn't remember the the she was podcasting and she couldn't remember the word splinched, and so oh, yeah. Ryan was like Melinda Leo is no longer floating Harry Potter. I just spend so much time in the Marvel fandom these days. It's Christmas, which it's is Christmas. a happy thing, not an angry thing. <laughs> yeah, he's returning from the staff room and he watches silently as Luna removes her earrings and her bottle clap cap necklace and her crown made of what appears to be idolized oh and puts them all in her bag and pulls out her black shoes and takes her pink flats off before she goes in. And as she's doing this, Ravenclaw girls in her year pass by giggling and ha- they've got flamboyant earrings and they know that he won't say a word to them. But Luna's taking everything off, you know, all the extras off. And they look at her like they've just smelled something unpleasant. Poor kid. Yeah. And this is kind of where Snape starts to see himself in her a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. It sucks owning yourself at that age. Yeah. Yeah. It took this long for him to see himself in her. Mm Boy. Yeah. Well, no one said he was particularly perceptive when it comes to (laughs) students. He's also... He's like those really smart people that have no common sense. He just he doesn't understand people. Mm-hmm. Mm. I feel like that's part of the reason why he's such a bad teacher is because like he gets potions and he doesn't understand that these kids don't know the things that he knows. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like my father. Yeah, it's like why would you do that? That's a perfectly basic thing that you would never do. It's well, yeah, but you have to tell them that first. <laughs> They don't know these things. Like, instead of doing potion safety basics, he gave them a potion to do the very first class. Mm -hmm. Like, who does that? (laughs) Well, wizards in general are not as up on the, you know, health and safety standards. They should be. You broke your arm? Oh, well, we'll fix it. (laughs) Send him to the hospital ring. We'll put it back together. Alexander, if you put a hole in my bed... <laughs> I'm needing my blankets with his very sharp claws on my waterbed. Dang, I'm so hot. I'm melting. I'm so cold. <laughs> I just got my blanket out. So Snape has decided that it's gonna it's time to get personal. And he decides mm-hmm. that after well, before he leaves his office, he counts the kids and makes sure it's an odd numbered class. And when he comes out he says you will be working in pairs today. And, of course, everybody jumps to find a partner except for Luna. And Luna just yep. kind of shrugs and goes on her way. Well, no one's going to want to partner with her anyway, so there's no use in mm-hmm. trying. Well, I, mean, I assume there must be classes where there's an odd number mm-hmm. of people. Yeah. Sure. 
And, you know, have you considered why you're working alone today? And she's like, well, we've just entered the reign of Sagittarius and I've run out of flowers to make my satchels. So I knew it would happen. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. Guy, can you imagine Trelawney and Luna? I know. No. 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 <laughs> I wonder no. how that would go. Trelawney would probably love her. Why? I, I think, well, like, it possibly. Make any sense because you would either love her or hate her. It's yeah. either one or the other. Mm-hmm. I think Trelawney would like her, her appeal. But I don't think Luna would, Luna would see right through Trelawney. Luna would like Trelawney. Trelawney would like Luna. Yeah. In that, in that respect, Hermione and Luna would get along. Cause they'd yes. both be like, uh-uh. Yeah. yeah. I'm guessing Luna didn't even try and take, take, uh, divination. Oh, I'm sure not. She probably took like a rhythmancy or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's a Ravenclaw. She would yeah. have taken care of magical creatures cause that's her thing. Well, naturally. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So, but she calls him on this. You know, he goes over and he's given her a bad time and he, she says, I don't mind working by myself, Professor, and I know you think it should bother me, but it doesn't. It's not my fault people think I'm weird, and I know that they do. You don't have to prove it to me. And Ooh, I love this girl. that sets him off. That will be yep. a detention for you. I will not allow you to make a mockery of me in class. And she very calmly says, okay, what time should I be here? And he's like, no. Go down to the forest. I'm in need of Lunaria. It grows out on the edge of the forest. But I don't remember where exactly. Good luck. <laughs> and he totally expects her to wander around in the Forbidden Forest all night. Yeah. But this is Luna. And Luna comes in every day with different plants and flowers. This was not a smart thing on his behalf. No. He wasn't thinking. No. She knows, he knows exactly, or she knows exactly where it is. Yes, she yeah. does. And she's absolutely thrilled to do this detention. Yeah, it's, it's probably going to be a five-minute det- detention. Oh, yeah, and she's picking up 17 other things while she's out there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and he's so smug. He's just like, Dumbledore's going to call me in the office and going to say, why did you say, why did Hagrid find Miss Lovegood on the edge of the forest? And, you know, he's going to say, well, she's been disruptive. And Dumbledore's mm. going to slap him on the hand and say, don't do this anymore. And that's not what happens. No. And he's just like, oh, crap. And not only yep. does she bring him the Lunaria, but she also brings him something else. Flower Snow. drops. <laughs> thin beaker of flowers. Yep. I did not ask for these, Miss Lovegood. And she's like, I'm just trying to help. Mm-hmm. And he throws them away, and then he just can't, because there is, aren't this where that happens? Because they're, they're a plant that are, that's rare. Yeah. And so yeah. he pulls them back out of the trash can, and he, you know, he can't afford to, goes off to, to pickle them. them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he, Snape has an uneasy feeling that just as breaking Luna Lovegood has become somewhat of a pet project for him, Miss Lovegood has made somewhat of a project out of him as well. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. That's it. Mm. There, there could be a, a fic with an entirely different perspective for this plot, which is basically fixing Snape. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, things up here are nargles again. Yeah. <laughs> um... You know, it, it's after Valentine's yeah, Day. Because so. Snape sees her 
get knocked off her stool by another student. Mm-hmm. He looks up in time to actually witness that. But, mm-hmm. of course, he just um, gets on her about it for disrupting the class uh, mm-hmm. because that's his thing. And yeah. he's he's trying to goad her into fighting back. This, right. this has been a refrain for the last three or four little sections that he he wants her to get mad and fight back at these people who are, you know, stealing her stuff and knocking her over and doing all the things. He he wants her to be more like he was when that happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's not Luna. No, it's not. And so no. she asks, oh, should I go to the forest again? And he says, no, this time you're doing detention here. <laughs> well, and I think that, you know, that this comes to a point where, Snape's trying to teach her that life is bitterly unfair and you must fight back against it. Mm-hmm. And well, she knows the first well, part. The, the, the thing, yeah, I, I think this, this comes to, there, there are two people in the world. There are people who think that life is bitterly unfair and you must fight back against it. And, you know, it's, it's always a fight and, you know, you're never going to be happy. Um, and then there are people who realize that life is, not bitterly unfair. It's just life is unfair and sometimes things are going to go your way and some things aren't. And, you know, the best thing that you can do is, you know, put a smile on your face and when things are good, then they're good. And when they're bad, then you have the good times. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just two very different philosophies on life. Mm-hmm. And they're clashing in this instant. And I think she pities him a little bit because she knows that, you know, he thinks that life is unfair and you have to fight back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he's got her, he's trying to figure out what to make her do, you know. Should I clean yeah. the cauldrons or deal with pickled rat brains? And Ew. And about the time that the tension's supposed to start, he's realized that he doesn't want to be in the same room alone with her. Yeah. And he gives her, you know, he's, she's going to go through this jar of... I don't even know what this word is. Pogrebin teeth, some which are showing signs of rot. And, mm-hmm. you know, the ones that are rotting have this really bad odor. And he expects her to just be put off by it completely. Well, and prolonged exposure uh, can bring on acute grief and unwillingness to go on living. Mm-hmm. Well, that's lovely. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's him that gets the dose of this and not her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And he, you know, he looks up and she's waving this one underneath her nose. And she, you know, he's like, is there a problem? And she's like, no, I'm just wondering if this one's more magical. Look, it has three roots on it instead of two. And he's like, what? (laughs) Yeah. And his little inside voice is telling him he's a terrible human being. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then he realizes this isn't about fighting back. It's not that he feels Luna should be strong. It's personal for him because she makes him feel weak. Mm-hmm. Mm. She She's made him think about his emotions and what he does with the world. And yeah. he doesn't like that. Well, and she's yeah. stronger than he is. And that, you know, that's, that's easy for a grown man to admit that a teenager is stronger than he is. Not even, yeah. probably. Twelve-year-old. Twelve-year-old. Twelve-year-old, yeah. yeah. She's one. And he's like, and he can't even be angry. Yeah. <laughs> nope. <laughs> you know, yeah. he just, then, he can't. And then he hears her stomach growl, and he's just like, okay, yeah, that's enough, he, go to supper. <laughs> yeah, because he said detention right smack dab in the middle of dinner. Yeah. From five to eight. 
And he realizes that he can't break her. Yeah. Yeah. He's not going to be able to do it. And if his internal voice is still doubting that, you know, some is is still saying that someday Luna Lovegood will break. But I think his, his other voice is saying like Luna might not break. Mm -hmm. Luna might be unbreakable. Mm -hmm. I would really love to see her during the Caros. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, no. Oh man, somebody please write that or find me a fic. Her against the Death Eaters after she's kidnapped off the train. Can you imagine? Oh my goodness. <laughs> the the train that they have to stop with the moose. Oh, that was really yeah. sick. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> okay, which, which that part totally makes no sense to me, owing to cursed child. But we're not going to talk about that. Yeah, no. I want to see the, the trick where they she actually did show up, and these Death Eaters spent most of the time trying to fight off the trolley witch just to get to Luna. Oh, well, <laughs> trolley witch let her off the train. But, well, yeah. Oh yeah, well, she was. But see, she wasn't trying to get off on her own. She was in the accompaniment of adults. I know, but you'd think they would. Mm-hmm. The trolley witch would still go berserk and be like, "You no, would no, think no. that the trolley you witch, would, yeah, would protect them." But you know. But yeah. are you saying that the trolley witch is some kind of like undercover R or something? That's have like, you, have you not read Cursed Child? No. <laughs> oh, never Damn, mind. Um, we're gonna shut up. <laughs> I haven't. Okay, you have to understand. I haven't had time to read anything. I understand. Yeah. I have been writing two hundred like thirty words. 30,000 words. In The Cursed Child, you find out a little bit of the trolley witch's history. Okay. And yeah. that she's... It makes no sense. That shit crazy. Yeah. It yeah. makes Somebody wasn't enough. checking continuity, mm-hmm. but oh well. <laughs> it was kind of like she's math. So, it is kind of a fun scene, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, the, no, the last thing I read about Cursed Child was everyone getting pissed off that Hermione was black. Oh, yeah. So you don't know the other thing about Hermione. All right, I'm going to shut up. So uh, Snape's having breakfast. Earl Grey hot. Oh, wait. We're, we're in a crossover. <laughs> it's May. He's tried very hard to avoid contact with the strange Ravenclaw girl. But he looks over his cup mid-sip, and there's this... And she has an eagle on her head. Yes. Yep. Oh. He manages to stop himself from doing his pit take. Yeah. Just, just barely. barely. And it's it's trying to abandon its perch in a in pursuit of a particularly delicious looking Slytherin. Um oh. that is the sentence that with the, in conjunction with Snape that I never want to hear in my life. <laughs> and, Flitwick's like, extraordinary work, such creativity. <laughs> and all Snape can think is, at least it's not a bloody flower crown. <laughs> okay, now I'm really, oh God, I did not need that image in my head. <laughs> it's 12. Not a flower crown with actual blood? No, never mind, never mind. No, I, I know think where her she's, head went. She's, she's the particularly delicious Slytherin and Snape. <laughs> It wasn't Snape. I know. It wasn't that kind of delicious. You're reading the wrong fix. I know. <laughs> oh, dear. And so then we shipped to Halloween. Yes, the next year. year. Yeah. Um, 1983. Yeah. 
And he is that would be very years. stressed because Sirius no. Black is on loose. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that's Azkaban. Okay. Azkaban. Yeah. And so she's only been 11 this whole time. She's now 12. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, she t- probably turned 12. She probably point. turned 12 somewhere yeah. along the line. We don't know. I don't remember when Luna's birthday is. is. But, yeah. So, you know, it's Halloween. This is the day that is, like, as, as bad as this day is for Harry, it's got to be as bad or worse for Stamp. Because mm-hmm. he's the one that sent Voldemort there to be to kill Lily. And he remembers mm-hmm. that Harry really doesn't. Right. Harry has after images of, you know, baby impressions, mm-hmm. but not really memories. So Snape goes to visit the Thestrals. He doesn't give himself the luxury of self, such comfort normally, but today of all days he needs to. Yeah. And so this is where he finds another thing that he has in common with her. Mm-hmm. He's not going there to find her or do anything to do with Luna. He just likes to go visit the Thestrals. And then he's fairly good at lurking and not being noticed. And uh, then happens to witness Luna come up and feed the foals as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's feeding them some bacon that he's furtively stolen. I love that. And here um, comes Luna with these chunks of raw dripping meat. So I wonder it, Hagrid it's presumably. A, it's such an interesting visual because you have mm-hmm. you have Snape who's somewhat fastidious and and you know, he's got his his little bacon that he's feeding. And then here comes Goldilocks skipping through the forest of the three bears with this bag full of dripping meat for the foals. It's so <laughs> different. I know. And he's just like, really? It Who totally, is this girl? Yeah. It totally reminds me of the scene in the very Potter senior year that they cut. So you're, it's supposed to be Luna and somebody else in the bathroom, and Luna's washing her hands that are covered in blood. And what it mm-hmm. turns out is they just watched Buckbeak's execution. But it totally could be this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He yeah. concludes that this girl is irrevocably strange, not only because normal 12-year-olds do not th- treat Thestrals like oversized ponies, but also because normal 12-year-olds do not generally carry around heaping sacks of raw meat. Yeah. I but, wonder how Luna would get along with Wednesday Adams. <laughs> they would look, get along oh, famously. Famously. <laughs> and can you imagine the best Luna, of friends? <laughs> Luna with, with uh, Cousin It. And I mean, oh my, oh my god, she totally <laughs> right up her alley. <laughs> and it would be a two-way street; like they would totally accept her into the fold. Oh yeah, they would. Mm-hmm. Not a problem. And nobody would mess with Luna because Wednesday's too scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Did yep. somebody send me a Wednesday Harry thick? I believe so. I, I think I've know. read one of those. That's they exist. I don't. I don't think I sent it to you, but no, I know there is one that exists. I can picture Harry with a okay, lot of people, but I. I don't. I can't imagine Harry with Wednesday Adams. Mm, that's I think weird. it's like it's. It's not that they're together. At least the one I'm thinking of. It's that. Um, oh, they for some reason the Dursleys go to America and abandon him, and he gets adopted by the Adamses, and so then he's raised as an Adams. And yeah, okay, that makes it's, sense. It's interesting. That's what it was. Okay. So, all right, I'm going preschool teacher on you guys. Focus. No, 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 no. This is my days of the week song that we sing with the kids every day. The days of the week. 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 
There's nice. Sunday and there's Monday. There's Tuesday and oh there's Wednesday. Goodness. There's Thursday and there's Friday. And then there's Saturday. Days of the week. Days uh-huh. of the week. Days what of happened the week. to Sunday? Days of the week. Days of the week. Sorry. Had to She's, do it. They started with Sunday. Oh, did they start with Sunday? Okay. Sunday. <laughs> Yeah, that's how it is on the calendar. Unless that, we, did, we, did, we did that tune to um, our prayer at Girl Scouts when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So it was, uh, we thank you, Lord, for giving the day, the food we are receiving. Uh, we eat it because we need it. Uh, and something, something, something. It's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> I, would, I haven't been a girl for a Girl Scout in a really you long time. I haven't been a girl in a while. That's not right. <laughs> well, that well, technically you never she know. Hasn't. <laughs> technically, I've been a woman for a really long time. Oh, all right, that's like true. a decade so, or more, depending on how you count. <laughs> but anyway, Snape has witnessed Luna's odd behavior with Thestrals, mm-hmm. and then she notices him, and she just smiles at him. Yeah, and waves. And, yeah. Snape does not wave back. <laughs> of course. I, I wouldn't imagine he would. Yeah. But he just gives him a little extra something to think about. I do say, emotions I do he doesn't say, understand. I do like this line that Snape suspects that this girl knows and feels a great deal more than she ought to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Acknowledging that she's probably been exposed to way more than she should at 12. Oh, yeah. yeah. Probably. I looked it up, and apparently uh, her birthday is the 13th of February. So that bit oh, really earlier that, that happened after Valentine's Day, she would have been 12 by then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Anyhow, um, he's just he's decided to not really pursue anything with her mm-hmm. for a while. But every now and then he just notices something that she does. Um, and he realizes that that... Um, weird thing with the root in one of the earlier bets where she's paying so much attention to the ingredients mm-hmm. is that she's really trying to understand how they all function and why they mm-hmm. work. And yeah. Okay, speaking of days of the week. Mm-hmm. Now I've got that thir- song stuck in my head. Thir- Damn it. 13, 13 February 1981 is a Friday. Hmm. There you go. There you go. So now he's in the library. He's looking for this certain book. Yep. Yes. And I wonder. Can't find it anywhere. He finally finds one that's yeah good enough, and he finds Luna, and she's, she's got it. She's got. That's a, what I thought was going to happen. I don't yeah. think yeah. it turns out that she does. She's Although he page. wonders about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For the restricted section, it's a restricted section permission slip. Yeah. yeah. She and wants him. To sign she it. wants him to sign it, and he's like totally caught off guard. I love the first title. <laughs> Lying in wait, the dark potential of the flower worm. <laughs> yes. He's like, does that really belong in the restricted section? <laughs> and then she has this stack of other books. Mm-hmm. I love this understanding prophetic cloud patterns. So maybe she is taking divination. <laughs> Could be. Or just self-study. Well, the the, the uh, dementors are there, so she might be, and they cause fog, so she might be uh, doing that. Be oh. that. Yeah. Mm. She's also a second year only. She wouldn't be taking divination. Yeah, That's yeah, true. That's yet. true. But uh, and she's he... looking into the magic of the Himalayas for the Snorkax, probably, and oh, yeah. other some... things. Oh, I'm sorry, Scott. I was done. He shoots himself in the foot because he asks the question, what kind of research are you doing? Well, you see, Professor, 
And mm-hmm. off she goes. Yes. Yep. Severus Snape is a very clever man. He knows this. Though his general opinion of himself does not normally exceed abysmal, he does consider himself to be well-read, knowledgeable, and a particularly <laughs> adept scholar. Snape has no idea what Luther Lovegood is talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and he, but he stands there and he listens to her for six minutes. And, you know. My next do, step will have I, to involve a thorough investigation of I kind of think it's like Brian monologuing. By the time, you know, you realize that he still hasn't stopped talking, you're in minute three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And you're just like, mm, let's just like let him speak. <laughs> Go ahead. Maybe he'll get to his point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And finally, he just sort of goes, "Huh." That's nice. <laughs> and she leaves. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. I'll let you get back to that. But then he comes across. This is later. Five overhears of them. her being bullied, mm-hmm. basically. Two Ravenclaw girls, two older Slytherin boys, and a second-year Slytherin, and. She can escape if she wants, but she doesn't. She just stands there with this faint smile on her lips. She's got her books. And mm-hmm. the the fourth year Ravenclaw, I think, is just, you know, how are you, Looney? You're not hunting any more of those stupid, what do you call them? Nuckles? Yeah. They're called Nargles. Yeah. You should have um, about them. The mm-hmm. one guy says, we found your dad's stupid magazine in the garbage the other day, mm-hmm. and we read it. And she says, oh, I hope you liked it. <laughs> and Snape's in the background going, fight back, fight back. So this is, this is, you know, Snape can't speak out against the Slytherins in this situation. Um, because they're the, the plot of Harry Potter was he couldn't because they were Death Eater children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, not all of them. But. Not all of not them all. are, thank you very much. And, and enough. That, you know, he couldn't, if, if he had an image he, to maintain, he has an image to maintain, even if he, it, it, even if it wasn't Death Eaters children, if he spoke out against Slytherins, then it would get back to Death Eaters. Probably. Well, that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I'm sure in some subtle way, these kids paid for this. <laughs> oh, yeah. You messed with Luna Lovegood. <laughs> well, one of them does explicitly later. Um, Patricia Stimson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Not this time, I don't think, but one of the no, other ones. No, this time he's just extra scathing to Miss Granger. And yeah. wasn't this the time? This is no, this is not third. This is not fourth year when she did the teeth thing. No, not yet. No. Yeah. And then at some point he takes a wrong turn and opens a door that he thinks is going to go into the stairwell, and it's a closet, and Luna is hanging upside down with a book in one hand and her wand in the other. And he's like, um, did somebody lock you in here? Oh, no, I'm just going through. That's fine. (laughs) 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 He just leaves. I love his, his inner Lily Evans. You let my son get eaten by a dragon? <laughs> yes, we've now skipped to Harry's fourth year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. You can just picture, like, angry, angry, angry Lily Evans. Mm-hmm. And he notices that Luna hasn't used a portion of her ingredients, and he's about to say something, and she just sort of takes them and gathers them up and puts them in a beaker. And when he does... 
he does some testing later because her potion comes out looking fine, even though he knows that she hasn't used this ingredient. And he has to test it and realize that she's substituted something else mm-hmm. yeah. that actually makes it an easier potion to make. So the much like roots are more volatile. Yeah. And, you know, if anyone would ask him, he would certainly say that she should stick to the textbook. But his textbook looked like at her age. And she's got his exact same qualities when it comes to this. Probably not in the same way, because hers is more about the feeling of the root. If you work with plants or you cook with herbs, you get a feel for them. And so, like, if you're cooking and a lot of people would just, you know, the recipe says a tablespoon and you put in a tablespoon. But when I'm cooking with herbs, I pour them in my hand until it feels right, and then I put it in there. I will say, because mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's how my family cooks. We've we've never um, really done measurement stuff, even with flour and stuff. It, it, it's all about how the, the recipe feels. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and Snape would never have been that way. Yeah, no. No. For me, it depends on how well I know the recipe. Mm-hmm. If it's ones that I've done a lot, I can do it by visual or by feel or whatever. If it's something I'm learning, I always follow the recipe first and then, yeah. you know, fiddle with it afterwards. My father <laughs> once shameless, my father once said that um, recipes are more like guidelines than rules. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hang the code. It's more like a guideline. Anyway, anyway. No, even the stuff that I make all the time, like I've gotten to the point where I haven't made a pie in so long that I don't remember how much of whatever the heck I'm supposed to put in it anymore. Yeah. So I have to go and look at least and be like, oh, yeah, that's, you know, I don't put in like two cups of flour because well, that'd be, I mean, you know, you know. So, so like um, our family's biscuit recipe, for example, people ask for the recipe all the time because they're really good biscuits. And, you know, for our English people, they're not cookies. They're like scones. And they're sort of biscuits. like scones, um, but not quite. Yeah. But, um, and I can't give it to them because you add a pinch of that and a pinch of that until the dough is the right consistency. That is how my grandma made things. Yes. So whenever uh, mom would ask for a recipe for something, if it wasn't one that they just knew already, um, she wouldn't make it and measure yeah. after as she went and she'd be like, okay, this is how it went today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so my father never... Every time my father taught me how to make something, it was never measure this to this degree and follow the recipe that I'm going to give you. It was let me teach you how to cook this. This is the consistency that you're looking for, blah, 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 blah. So, like, I know a whole bunch of recipes where I have no idea the measurements because, you know, flour is going to, especially here, mm-hmm. um, dry. like flour in Arizona is going to differ from, you know, flour in Minnesota mm-hmm. or sure. flour in Georgia. You know, yeah. It's humidity. Sure. The humidity, yeah, it it applies to different climates have different, you know, different Different elevation above sea level. Things rise differently. Yeah. So you, it, learning how to do it Luna's way rather than Snape's way is actually better because when you learn it Luna's way, you can adjust for climate change Mm -hmm. and, you know, no matter where you are because you know how it's supposed to feel. Rather than how it, you know, because I know plenty of people who say, well, it said a third of a cup and it, you know, and it needed more or less or, or whatever because of the climate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
we try and build those in to the recipes that we write down. Like um, our family, I think I've said this on the podcast before, but we often will take like the blocks of butter and then mix it up with a little bit of canola oil to make it a little bit more margarine-like, but Uh still butter. And it depends on whether you're doing it in summer or winter, whether you want two-thirds of a cup or three-quarters of a cup or Mm -hmm. somewhere in between that range, you know to get the right consistency of butter. <laughs> right. But yeah, so she's tinkering with her uh, ingredients, and all he says is be careful. Mm-hmm. And it's not a mean thing. It's just more of a, you know, when you mess mm-hmm. with the recipe, you know, food-wise or potion-wise, you want to be very It doesn't calm. always turn out the way that you yeah. want it to. Oh, I can attest to that. I can definitely attest messing with that. belladonna, which is yeah. highly yeah. dangerous. Yeah. And and with potions, things tend to explode. Mm-hmm. Which happens in the next one down because uh, somebody messes with, somebody throws something in there. You know it's not her. Yeah. And he hears pop, pop, pop and turns around just to see smoke erupt from Luna's cauldron. He gets there really fast and he envelops the cauldron in like a shield and closes it down, but in the meantime, you know, she's looking embarrassed, and he said, you know, did you or did you not hear me say this potion is delicate? I did. I'm sorry. I didn't listen, she says. <laughs> no, she didn't. Yeah, that's that's so unlike Luna Lovegood to not listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I'm sure that this has something to do, like, with the Slytherins are throwing things in Harry's cauldron. Somebody yeah. else did this, but she's not the kind of person to defend herself like that. No. Right. And so. Kitty. Yeah. Alex. Alex, use the kitty door, dude. What's the problem? <laughs> I'm not opening the door. It's freaking cold outside. Go use the kitty door. Goof. He's scratching at the door. He wants out. Um. So he takes 10 points and he gives her detention and she wanders in. Do it over. Yeah. I want you to do this again. And she's, she, in 45 minutes, she's got it. It's done perfectly. And she says, I'm sorry for disappointing you. And he's not sure his disappointment should matter, but it does give him pause. Yeah. And he is disappointed in her because He's starting to respect her because of the way that she uses the potions and the way that she creates and substitutes and experiments. Mm -hmm. And so he says, it's all right. Do better next time. Yeah. That's it. But then she asks. It's 1995. Oh, it's yet. All right. Go ahead. he, He says, you know, I don't want you to tinker in class. You need to do your study in class. But if you want to do research, you can use my classroom after hours. Under supervision, of course. Of course. And that's not something he would do to someone he for someone he didn't respect. He wouldn't do it for Hermione. No. Oh, good Lord, no. So now she just gets to come hang out with Severus. (laughs) He doesn't even quite understand that sometimes she seems to bring other things, except that aren't potions, but okay. Well, I mean, you you have to, you know, imagine that it's hard for her to study in the Ravenclaw common room because everyone thinks, everyone teases her, even Mm -hmm. there. So, you know, the, the fact that Snape has 
unknowingly given her a safe haven. Right. It, it's kind of a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she asked him, kind of at the end of all of this, at the end of the year, she asked him to teach her that containment field that he did when her cauldron blew up. Because mm-hmm. she said, sometimes accidents happen. Yep. Some worse than others. And, yeah, I suppose you're right. Well, mistakes happen. And, you know, that really resonates with me. Mm, of course that it does. Happen. Oh. And then it's 1995, mm-hmm. and Dolores Umbridge. Oh, her. <sighs> Miss Toad herself. Uh, even worse than Voldemort. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well. Oh, I would say she's worse than Voldemort. Are you kidding me? Parts of her, yes. I mean, maybe she didn't she have the whole less mass murdering than thing. Voldemort, but true, true, true. Personally, yes. She abused yeah, yeah. children. Well, so did he. Yeah. He, he, well, he killed children, but you know. Yeah. It depends on who you are. Like for for the wider wizarding world, Voldemort had a greater impact. For the kids who were actually there when she was there, she probably did. But. but <laughs> My, 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 my big thing with Umbridge was it was like basically like ministry approved abuse. Mm-hmm. Like government of, like the government was like saying go ahead and abuse children. You know, we don't care. What a terrifying and, and, thought. And that kind of like angers me in a way that like mass murder mm-hmm. you know, and genocide doesn't. Because don't get me wrong, mass murder and genocide, horrible things. <laughs> But there's something about like abusing kids and le- and the government signing off on it that just like enrages yeah. me. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and he, you know Fudge had some some culpability in that, but I wonder yeah. how much she really told him. I'm I'm I mean, sure we not. We have the line. Cornelius doesn't know won't hurt him. I, I okay, that's all. Hold on, I gotta calm down. <laughs> <laughs> While you're calming down, Umbridge catches Luna writing notes in the textbook and flips out because, do you think you know better than the text? Yes. You know, is this the kind of behavior you allow in your your class, Professor Snape? And he says to her, what did I tell you about tinkering class? And she said, this works. And he says, does it? And she says, yep. And so he just walks away. Carry, Carry on. on. Keep going. You know what you're doing. <laughs> and yeah. Bridge and her partner are just aghast. I love that he trusts her, although I don't think he would think of well, it in those it, terms. Mm-hmm. No. Tinkering after hours for a year. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he, pro- he probably can see how often she succeeds or and how often she, she succeeds. And knowing that she knows... When she knows it works versus when she thinks it works. Mm-hmm. And she wouldn't, like, lie to him about that. No. No. No, she's completely honest. Yeah. She's very she's very honest, and she definitely is saying, like, this definitely works. Mm-hmm. I've tried it, you know, before. I've tried it multiple times. So she's a little bit of a scientist here. Of, of I'm te- I've tested this. I get these results. Mm-hmm. It's a better, you know, it's a more efficient po- potion. <laughs> yeah. And then we get to the part where people are stealing her things again. Her shoes, especially. <sighs> Who would steal somebody's shoes? Like in a what? castle in flipping winter to go down yeah. to the dungeons, no less. These kids just aren't. Yeah, kids are thinking. mean. They really kids are. Kids are mean. They don't. On think. the other hand, 
Don't they have warming charms? Yeah, but still. I know. It's the principle of the thing. I know. So the first time she arrives with no shoes on, he doesn't comment on it because he's learned to pick his battles with her. And then... Yeah. He wonders for a moment if footwear blocks the flow of positive energy in the body. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. She's got him thinking her way now. It's kind of scary. But, you know, then we have this heavy snowfall. It's late November, and here she is with no... uh, She's on. She's trying to cast drying spells on a sopping sock. Okay, how the No shoes on. Yeah, and he goes over and says, "Do you own a pair of shoes, Miss Lovegood, or have you found a better use for them, like flower boxes?" And she says, "Oh, they've disappeared. I'm waiting for them to come back." And he's just like, oh, "Fight back and fight I'm back." With my house, because my house members are giggling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Alex is upset with the Hufflepuffs as well. What the hell is a Hufflepuff? Did I ever tell you guys about the time that my coworker meowed at me while I was on the phone? And it was. (laughs) So I, I, you know, I greet my callers with help desk. This is cat. How may I assist? And it was, there was a pause between how may I assist. So I said, help desk. This is cat. And my coworker meowed right at that moment. (laughs) Oh, nice. And the client, thankfully, wasn't, like, in a good mood and wasn't, like, you know, London is burning down. So, he, he, you know, he very, there was a pause and there was, like, a stream of giggles <laughs> coming from this, like, lawyer. It's just like, I'm so sorry for him. Well, you made his day. Probably. Yeah. So, yeah. Luna's not fighting back. So, Snape goes to uh, Pomona. Why Why Sprout? She's not her head of because house. Because she is... It was Hufflepuffs is, who were making yeah, fun of the Hufflepuff, mm-hmm. No, the Hufflepuffs stole them. Yeah, he thinks that's the case because they were the ones giggling. Yeah. Mm. And he... So he says, you know, surely you understand the safety risk mm-hmm. Yeah. not having shoes. Because he doesn't care about Luna. No, never. Of course not. No, no. Of course Two not. days later, he has her trainers back. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which are completely out of the dress code, but he no longer cares. Yeah, yeah. Strawberry. Is there anything in the dress trainer. code about shoes? I don't no. know. I'm very confused by this dress code. <laughs> He's making it up as he goes along. I'm sure there's a dress code somewhere, but nobody ever pays attention to it. Other than Umbridge, Umbridge would pay attention to it. Oh, of course she would. I'm sure. I'm sure. Oh, oh, it's. it's yeah. No, never mind. This is like a Catholic school. <laughs> What are they making? Kneel on the floor and measure your well, you, robes. You've got, you've got the skirt and the shirt and the tie and the robe, and mm-hmm. the, and I'm sure you have to have black shoes, and you know everything has to be. Mm-hmm. What it sounds like, like Japan. Yeah. The only thing we really see about that is the um, shopping list in first year. It's like yeah. One black pointed black, black hat, hat, black work robes. I don't know if it says anything about you know ties and shoes well, that, and things. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. That's a movie thing. <laughs> Yeah, and the real Muggle school uniforms that the Marauders had are just sort of completely egregious. But we're not going to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry, I've read ahead and I'm just giggling. Professor Snape, I forgot to ask you a very important question yesterday. Oh, oh dear. I will do my best to answer. Are you oh a my vampire? God. No, <laughs> I am not. 
well, that's interesting. Thank you. And off she goes. And he's like, no, but I, I, what I the hell the just happened I, here? <laughs> I love the fact that he, he logics with her. Miss Lovegood, I'm standing in the sun right now. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't even think of that as a thing. You know, maybe vampires yeah. stand in the sun. Who knows? <laughs> they sparkle. No, that's true. No, oh, no, oh, no, 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 Okay. Hi, Sue. I'm in your area, and we'd like to see Halloween Town. Would you be available? I'm like, yeah, but where are you? And they're like, well, we've been in Hillsboro. We've been to the farm where the, you know that TV show with the little people? Yes. Well, the, they're local-ish. They're in okay. Hillsboro. And so they went to visit that farm and meet the family and everything. Who is who is they? Uh, this Pufuanian. Oh, okay. Amanda Panda. Okay. And her sister and boyfriend. So they're like, I'm entering Scapoose right now. I said, all right, I'll meet you at grocery outlet in five minutes. So I, my mom's like, are you sure? Your back hurts. You know, we're going to have this terrible windstorm. I'm like, Pavoidians, I have to go. <laughs> so I drive My down there, <laughs> jump out of the car, give her a big hug, jump in her car, and off we go. And we went to Halloween Town, which is completely decorated right now because it's Halloween. Oh, awesome! And I have to I mean, go. We might we might go to Salem on the day before Halloween. That'd be fun. Yeah, we don't have Halloween here. We have Dia de, de los Muertos. Oh yeah, I suppose you would. Yeah. And then we went. Is to that the first of November? I think. Well, that's yeah, and then we have the Catholic holidays of All Saints Day, Day, mm-hmm. and All All Souls Day. Yeah, but. Um, I thought that Dia was the day before Halloween. Dia de los Muertos. No, those are the days after That's, Halloween. Isn't that the day uh-huh. of the dead? The day of the dead. Dia yeah. de los Muertos. It's far more prevalent here because we have, um, well, it, this used to be Mexico, so, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I was going to say that seems. <laughs> yeah. So then we had to go by the Twilight House, which is what made you made me think about this because we went by Bella's house. Yeah, uh, and I refused Twilight. to go when, when I was up there that one time. But I did take you to Halloween Town. You did. That was awesome. <laughs> I did like the one little short fic where Edward is like Cedric's cousin 27 times removed or something, <laughs> and they send him to take his place so he doesn't die in the graveyard. Oh, my. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, I like that. I like that. I like that. That would yeah. be cool. Well, that is the only Twilight fic I have ever read is the one that the same author who fic we're reading later in the semester wrote about the sort of the psychoanalysis of twilight and harry potter characters and totally semester putting up it's totally awesome go go read season okay yeah she's just thinking college it's okay i have a i have a bone to pick with you sue because there's a fix that i've been asking there's been a fix that i've been asking for for like the last three seasons but it's not complete it's not gonna be complete i didn't read it Well, that's not her problem. That's not a valid reason. It is. Nothing goes on unless I've actually read it. Uh, I've I've known about it for years, and I've recommended it for years. I know, I know. I've been out of the fandom for for years, and I, you know, was fans a fan of it for years before that. 
Which Vic? I'll read it at some point. It's called Realizations. She ended it at the end of an arc. Yeah. So it kind of oh, the says that it's done. It's um this is the one where Harry uh goes oh. uh, gets a job he, at Diagon Alley. He gets a job at Di- uh, yeah, Diagon Alley. No, no one realizes that it's him. <laughs> yeah, he's like um I forget what it's what he name he gives. Jim. It's like Sean or something. No, it's Jim. Jim, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> He just wears a hat all the time. <laughs> yeah. uh, he wears a black like bandana, I think, to hide the scar. Yeah. All right, I Can will try like, to remember and read it. Please do. It's awesome. I know it's somewhere linked somewhere. So I'll I don't know it. something about like the shopping being with Hermione's mother and like babysitting <laughs> and <laughs> just <What>? yes. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to go look this up. I think I've read it, but I don't know. I'm still in the Yahoo group for it, except the only thing that ever posts is the list rules at the beginning of every month. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm in the Yahoo group for it, too, because it's, it's, it, was, it was the only fic I've ever read where I actually enjoyed the shopping, because it was just so well done. Because is it the one where the Privet Drive is empty after he comes back and forth yeah. here? Okay. It's the one where he's a, he's a, literally abandoned by the Dursleys. Okay, oh, so, uh, that sounds like my father and my grandparents. Totally understand. He came back from mm-hmm. the from the navy and went to the house, and it was completely empty. And he like broke cool. in and got to the phone and called Grandpa at work and said, "I'm home and it's empty." And they and Grandpa went, "Oh, sorry, we moved. Forgot to tell you." <laughs> no, this was this was like the Dursleys like moved to Perth, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And they My did cousin it. was working off the coast of Perth. Yeah, so they they moved to Perth and they didn't tell Harry because they were they they didn't want him following him because Dumbledore decided to be smart and send a letter ahead of Harry after fourth year explaining what happened. Oh, dang that Dumbledore being smart. And then <laughs> it takes like a month and a half for them to realize that Harry isn't with the Dursleys. <laughs> yeah, he's just working in Diagon yeah. Alley. <laughs> He's having a great time. Uh, it's it's a really it's a really good fic. Okay. We're way off course. Anyway, back to this fic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Where Luna is practicing her magic. Mm-hmm. She's learning the Patronus. And she's oh, Luna. She she's very wise. She knows what's coming, and so she's learning healing potions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Which Harry could have, you know, used. I know, right? Taken a page out of, of Luna's book and uh, learned some healing potions as well. Even Hermione didn't know all the healing potions. Mm-hmm. No. Harry's not going to voluntarily learn potions. <laughs> he has too many bad associations with the class now. That's true. I don't know. He seemed to have a pretty good time at Slughorn's class. This is true. Yeah, because Slughorn wasn't a bastard. And because he had Snape's book. Well, not so much yeah. that Slughorn wasn't a bastard. It was, I think, really more the fact that, like, Slughorn didn't have any agenda against, against yeah. Harry. If no. anything, his agenda was to get Harry in his club. Yes. Mm. He liked to tell stories him. about his mother. So, you know. Mm-hmm. The, so, he tells her that that Umbridge is pretty much banned Charms outside a classroom, magic outside a classroom, especially that charm. And she says, oh. And then she says, what animal is your Patronus, Professor? And he says, that's quite personal. 
Yeah. And she goes, oh, yeah, I guess it is. Um, can you teach me blood replenishing potions instead? Apparently Umbridge has banned that, too. Yes. But he doesn't think very highly of her list. So Mm. she says, after dinner, eat quickly. (laughs) He teaches her how to make the potions. And, you know, she's got a copy of Advanced Healing Potions for the Gifted Witcher Wizard. And he Mm. says, we'll be using my personal copy. And it's the one with all his writing in it. Yep. So for him to share that with her is a huge oh thing. Yeah. Because yeah. she's got writing all over hers, too. Mm-hmm. So yep. the thing that they have in common. And yeah. apparently she shares that she studies with Ginny Weasley. Um, mm-hmm. Of course. And she knows that he doesn't like Gryffindors, but she's the only one who's nice to her. Right. Mm-hmm. And so she, he just kind of accepts that he's glad to hear that somebody else is nice to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she asks for extra ingredients so maybe she can go and teach some of her friends how to make this as well. Uh-huh. She says, well, I'll give you a few, but I'm not made she of money. She has friends? <laughs> yeah. Well, because she's teaching the DA. She's going to help. Yeah. Oh. Well, it, it's also because true. everyone who's getting the blood quill. Um, yeah. Mm. It's losing blood. Oh, right. Yeah. Not a lot, probably. Not but a lot, but some. a little, a couple, probably a couple drops would help. Yeah. yeah, but apparently she never taught Harry how to do, yeah, never mind. <laughs> well, and I love this because he asked her a direct question and she doesn't answer yeah. or slightly fabricates. And he says, Don't lie to me. And she says, I want to teach some of my friends. And he figures out, okay, she's under some sort of oath or something that she can't reveal it. And he says to her, is this something, hypothetically, that you cannot reveal? And she says, yes. And he says, well, then I will copy out my instructions and leave you some things. Yeah. And and she she hypothetically kind of lets him know that Harry's teaching... Mm-hmm. You know, kids, yeah. how to defend themselves. And, you know, I think Snape is, you know, a little pleased. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's annoying, but this is probably one of the less troublesome things that yeah. Potter has managed to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like, so at least he has a, stories a, to tell. He's a, li- he's a little bit proud, you know, of, of Lily's kid, of this kind of rebellion. Because this isn't something that James would do, I, I don't think. Based right. on the, oh, I'm sure James would have. No, James, James is a bully. Are you kidding me? Yeah, he w- he wouldn't teach other no. people how to do things. Well, it depends on who it oh. is. Yeah, I think yeah. James would teach his friends. I don't think James because the 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 DA was not just you know Harry's friends. It was no really anyone who they could trust not to tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I won't rant about that now. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Since we're only halfway through the pick. <laughs> Look, man, it's canon. She has a certain view of Slytherins. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. So Snape pulls out a first aid kit off his belt and mm-hmm. shares it with her. Not gives it to her, but shows it to her. Yeah. yeah. And, oh, you know, that's a really good idea. And then yeah. the next time he sees her, she's got a little pink purse that has her own kit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A little pink purse. I love that. Yeah. And always keep a few, few spare handkerchiefs because you can gather ingredients and mm, things like, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. And he points out that um, he personally 
puts essence of Dittany in his kit rather than Mertlab essence because uh, Dittany's easier and more versatile. So mm-hmm. a thing that he knows better than Hermione. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he and yes. reveals that he kind of gives her clearance to gather herbs from the Forbidden Forest. Mm-hmm. So much for the forbidden forest being forbidden. Everybody goes. I know. He actually she convinces him to start putting monkwort in his tea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because she's wearing a braided necklace of it, and he recognizes it as she's leaving. And he says, oh, yes, it increases psychic fortitude and protects the minds against bad auras. And he's like, hmm. Mm, speaking All of, right, of herbal, herbal teas, um, so my school has a garden on campus and so they will pick things and bring them to there's like a a uh a restaurant well not a restaurant but like you know you know a place where they cook food mm-hmm. on campus so we'll bring it there and then the rest of it we sell to the students and they had little mixtures you know they had like bottles of rose hip and coriander and nettles and you know this they just like 20 different things for various ailments i have yet to make tea with them but we're sitting there you know because they've got like little cards that say oh this is good for like digestive stuff this is good for you know coughs this is good for like aches and pains everybody's sitting there like making their own little concoctions and then they stand there we're looking at each other like okay i have all these things that i'm going to make this tea out of what the hell is this going to taste like? <laughs> this is probably going to taste really bad, even if it smells really good right now. So I'm a little scared to, to have my tea because I'm terrified that it's going to end up just tasting very Put bad. honey in it. It'll be fine. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's what I always do with tea. Put sugar in. Mm-hmm. Just a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we're in the hospital wing after the incident at the, the ministry. Mis- the ministry. Okay. And Luna's sort of off by herself, and he's thinking to himself, idiot Gryffindors. Even well, though yes. He's not a Gryffindor. And he goes over to Luna, and he says, didn't Madame Pomfrey see to you? And she says, I told her to look at Ginny first. I'm all right. And he says, you know, he... He doesn't know what to do because he wants to offer to help, but he never does that. And he's like, Mm -hmm. what do I even say? And so she asks him for it. (laughs) Right. And he says, all right, fine. Will you help me? (laughs) Yeah. And And so he apparently, I don't remember this from the books, but maybe it did show up in the... um, the scene with Draco in the bathroom, but in, yeah, in this at okay. least, yeah, just, uh, just moving around with gesturing at my plate. Yeah, let's put that over here. Yeah. Scott's talking about time that, that uh, Mike's desk fell. <laughs> yes. In, in this fic, at least, yeah. he has invented a healing spell that is just wordless singing, basically. Yeah. Or some mm-hmm. sort of singing. It doesn't say it's wordless necessarily, but that's kind of what I'm imagining. And so he just sort of sings at her and heals her face up, and she just tells him it's lovely. Mm-hmm. And uh, he doesn't know what to do with that. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Snape. Yeah. He says, those are res- really nasty cuts. And she laughs and says, ah, it's nothing. You should have seen the other blokes. <laughs> and he realizes that Little Lovegood knows exactly how to fight back. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All about choosing your own battle. Uh, your own battles. If I recall correctly, I think Luna was the last one standing. Yeah. She was one of the last. I think. Yeah. Ginny had a sprained ankle. Neville had his broken nose, and Harry Ron had been brained. Harry. Yeah, and Hermione was whatever the hell happened to Hermione. Yeah, the silent curse. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The purple thing. The septum sempra? Or was it something different? No. No, it was something different. And I figured it out at one point for my fic, and then I have not touched that thing in a very long time. Purple. Okay. It's somewhere in my notes. Mm. It's some kind of hex. Obviously. I they, they described what it did in somewhere. I forget where. Damn it. Oh, well. Oh, well. Anyway, um, yeah, so summer passes, and now Snape has to deal with Dumbledore, and for the first time in many years, he needs a a cigarette. Yeah. (laughs) Which is interesting, because I'd never particularly pictured Snape smoking, but I could actually see it. Mm -hmm. I couldn't. I don't know. I feel like the nicotine cloud would mess with the potion, and that would be bad. (laughs) Mm. I'm sure he can clean himself up. It would be something that he did, but you, that's true because smokers have notoriously bad smell yeah. abilities, and it, that would it, mess up the potions. He, yeah. he probably would not do it. Well, he, I don't think he would do it habitually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I can see it as his like angry fifteen year old thing. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe in the summers. Yeah. yeah. Long. Like well, the stereotypical '80s goth kid. <laughs> yeah. Oh, totally, totally, totally. But not as an adult, as a potion master. No. Once he got serious about potion making, I don't think he'd do that. Mm-hmm. So he's, but he's worked out coping mechanisms, and he just takes a really deep breath in the courtyard, and he's about to leave, and then he sees Luna with her specter specs on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's just sort of examining him, looking through them, looking without them, looking through them again. So are these glasses sort of like Moody's eye if he can see through, if she could see through Harry's invisibility cloak? It's maybe. I mean, we never really find out what they are in canon. Um, In the the movie, she finds him. The the thing is, contradicts canon. Well, canon contradicts canon from movie to book. But um, in, in, the book, she wasn't supposed to because it wasn't a regular invisibility cloak. It was one of the three hallows. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think what the, see... the thing was is that um, she just always sees Harry surrounded by Raxperts, and she found, yeah. like, a cloud of Raxperts that was in the, in over the book, an invisible yeah, in area. The book, <laughs> in the book, she found a cloud of Raxperts, and that's why she knew it was Harry. Yeah. And he wasn't on the floor. He was, like, up in the coats where the, like, bags mm-hmm. get... Yeah. Oh, the floor thing was another movie. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The floor thing was in the yeah. movie. Okay. In the books, he was up above. So up in the coat route. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. wouldn't be able to trip over him. It looks. No. It looks he like was in, on the, the floor in the because books, Draco broke um, his nose. In the books, she Stepped didn't even use them for that. She it's, didn't. It's never. It's never specified what the specter no, specs do. I guarantee she you, she didn't because... go and find him with them. She just wears them at some point. Am I making that up from fan fiction? No, okay, you you both are right. Okay. Harry starts off in the baggage compartment. He's hiding, but he gets seen by Draco as he goes up there. So Draco pulls him down and then pretty much beats him up or 
Jesus. I, he petrifies totalis is him and then steps on his face on his way out the door after covering him with the invisibility cloak. If I'm remembering correctly. And, but, okay. Yeah. Because I think that's when Hermione does the Episky spell and cleans him up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I the, knew his, his nose was broken. I just didn't remember the order yeah, there. He started up in the luggage compartment and then ended up on the floor. Of course, to quote Hermione in the movies, why is he always covered in blood? Uh, is it Hermione or Ginny? I think that's a Ginny thing. Oh, maybe it is Ginny. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. No, Hermione was whacking Ron with the newspaper, being like, your best friend is missing. Stop eating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Because he's got to eat, does Ron. It's important. Oh, Ron. Uh-huh. And they had to have me on when Trisha is not here because there has to be snorting on the podcast. Yep. <laughs> I snorted so much today. It was unbelievable. <laughs> uh, there's three. We're set for the podcast. Yay. I've, I've snorted more than three times during this podcast. Mm-hmm. I know, but that was three right then. Yes. So Snape's at the Slughorn's party. And, you know, Slughorn's going on and on about how yeah. great Potter is. He's just is. really hoping that Draco doesn't do something idiotic, but he has to be there just in case. Of course yeah. he does. And sure enough. Mm-hmm. And they, we see his side of a little interaction from canon where he um, talks to Harry Potter and says, you know, there's no place for you at the Aura's office. And Luna says, oh, well, yeah, because... They're part of the Rotfang conspiracy, and we don't want that. And he just, like, he's thinking to himself, both the things we just said are equally ridiculous. (laughs) And he's possibly about to say something, but then Draco makes a fool of himself and has to go deal with that. Yeah, Draco. (laughs) And I love how much in this next section, how much Luna has changed him. Mm -hmm. Because Luna gives Snape her specter specs. And no, he can't he finds the rest. He finds them, um, but he can't. He he's wearing them. Mm. He puts them on, and he can't see the experts. So he he clears his mind, and he replaces his emptiness with openness. Right. This sounds like yoga. <laughs> Why do you have to ruin a nice warm moment with Snape Moon? Why do you have to? Make a joke. I'm just saying it sounds no, like No, I'm so, I'm I'm just saying that this is I mean, he's feeling feelings again. Don't mess oh. with cats warms fuzzies. <laughs> Luna would make a fairly good yoga teacher though. She would. She would, she would. She could anyway. I'm not sure if she would all the time. No. <laughs> She'd go off on so many tangents she would she would piss off the yoga uh, students. Probably. Yeah. True. Yeah, and he's his plan is to give them to Flitwick and have Flitwick return them, but after yeah. he puts them on, he can't. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he doesn't see anything, but he feels something. Mm-hmm. I love how this passage is. The air begins to have weight, not a physical weight, but a significance, like a pure conception that precedes a non-verbal spell or the sensation of a fading dream that one feels in the morning but cannot remember. It exists separate from the realm of language. There is no need for it. Would be blemished by it. The air has meaning, hanging like dust in the light. And he does not know, but he feels. And there is, and there seems to be more truth in that than no, in knowing. Yeah. 
Can this author write a book? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she has. You never know. Yeah. This is the only fic they've written. Like, like holy crap. Like, that's like, you know. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> and the fact that, that they have logically and and realistically brought Snape to this point where he's feeling feelings mm-hmm. and, you know, he's at this point where he's he's got an open mind about this. It's kind of like, no, this can't be book six because now he has to do the thing and... Yeah, yeah it's even more tragic. What? You know, he was so close! <laughs> I know. Damn you! <laughs> you know who he reminds me of? Who? Archibald Craven in The Secret Garden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I totally agree with that assessment. <sighs> yeah. Flitwick comes in and he says that she and he had her career advice meeting. And Snape says, Oh, my. No. Or, and Snape says, Anne. And he says, Oh, well, I didn't realize it was an interest of you. And Snape says, She's shown a great aptitude in my class. If she wants to pursue this for the Society of Potioneers, you know, that would be great. Yeah. And Phileas mm-hmm. is like, no, but she wants to settle, study magical creatures, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is exactly what Luna would want to study. Yeah. Of course. And she does. Mm-hmm. Yep. She's going after the Grumplehorn Snorkak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did Joe say she eventually didn't find him? Yes. Okay. She found some, but she didn't find the Grumpel Horns. Snorkex, yeah. yeah, they found the straight horn Snorkax or something like that. <laughs> Sex and Snorkax, two of my favorite uh, things. My favorite subjects. Oh, <laughs> uh, Rolf. Speaking of uh, that, Mooney, did you see my post yesterday about Risco? Yes. On Poofa? I thought we did that ages ago. We did, but somebody else interviewed David. And oh, that's the that podcast of this okay, other okay. one. And he oh, actually okay. reads passages from the book. It's really, really good. I highly recommend okay. listening to it. You might need to bump it up again for me or something. Okay. Well, it's in the book. It can't be that something. hard to find. Okay. But, yeah. Moreover, I will probably forget. Okay. I'll tag you in it or something. Okay. But he returns the glasses and, you know, tells her that she should keep a closer watch on her thing. And denies that he wore them. Right. <laughs> I would never do that. It would look far too silly. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and let's slip that they were broken and he fixed them, which he regrets yeah. doing almost immediately. Yeah. He loves Luna's commentary mm-hmm. at the Quidditch match. <laughs> no, hold on. Before we get to the Quidditch match, I love the very end of this. Mm-hmm. They are very special, Miss Lovegood. He's dimly aware that what he means to say is, you are very special, Miss Lovegood. Yeah. I'm gonna oh, feel like, I know. <laughs> oh, chills, man. Yeah. And she asks if she can walk with Snape because there's three Gryffindors and a few others that are standing around and he knows that they're going to give her trouble. So he says, oh, yeah. And then she reaches in her pocket and pulls out a small handkerchief-wrapped bundle and uh, gives him something. I was visiting the Thestrals a few days ago, and there's some heart stung. Yep. And yes, before you ask, I left roots, so it'll grow back. <laughs> yeah. And he's actually touched. Yeah. I will use this it well. 
best present anybody's given him in years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a shout out to to book one. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So he's uh, she asks uh, him in front of Dumbledore mm-hmm. about the drought of peace. Yeah. Um, mm. Apparently, her father um, is uh, needs some. Yeah, he, he's feeling a bit anxious. He's feeling a bit anxious, but he, he doesn't like potion making, which I'm sure you know his wife died because of it. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm surprised she doesn't. She's taking it so well. Long. If, if the, she the was thing, there. The thing is, the thing is, if she was very young, mm-hmm. and I think it might connect her to her mother because her mother loved it. True. And it comes up a little bit later, I think, at some point in this, where she asks him to teach her the spell that he used to guard the potion when it exploded. Maybe yeah, it was earlier. Was earlier. Yeah. Yeah. It was earlier. And she was very, very insistent on learning this because it's important. That, yeah. Uh, and I, I, didn't, I didn't put two and two together. Yes. Yeah. But I, I think it, 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 I mean, when you lose somebody that young, you grasp onto whatever you can mm-hmm. to kind of find their identity in your in yourself. Mm. And he offers her some of his papers on the subject. And Holy she, cow! She yeah. says, "You know, I would be very displeased if they were lost or damaged." And he's like, "Yeah." She's like, "No problem." And then after she leaves, Dumbledore says, "You care, don't you?" And he's like, "Of course not." Yeah. You don't care about things? What are you talking about? I never care. all this time. I think it's very telling that he says, you know, even if I did, in a few months' time, it's not going to matter. Mm-hmm. And the headmaster says, ah, Severus, I think every bit matters. Yeah. Mm. I'm getting feelings, and it's not okay. Oh, I don't need <laughs> yeah. this right now. I really, so last night I was talking with my other writer friends and we were talking about, uh, so one of the writers was doing a prompt that had to do with cancer and I was getting very upset mm. because two things make me cry in the world and that's cancer and dead dogs. And so we got in this conversation about movies where dogs die and cancer and now I'm oh, like, on, now it's tonight and it's just like, why? I don't need to cry Ooh. this often. <laughs> Well, thankfully, we have a, a lighter moment to follow mm-hmm. it up with. Yes. Mm-hmm. The Quidditch game here. Luna is commentating the Quidditch mm-hmm. game. Yes, she is. And Minerva's getting more and more agitated and trying to get her to focus on the game, and Snape is just loving this. Well, oh, yeah. and, and I have a theory on Luna not being able to identify the other people on the on the field. Mm-hmm. She totally knows who these people are. Oh, it's yeah. just that they make fun of her except for Potter and Weasley and the Weasleys. So it's a very large Hufflepuff boy, a redheaded char- girl from my charms class, mm-hmm. the Gryffindor with glasses who isn't Harry. <laughs> oh, there's a good point. <laughs> she refuses to acknowledge them because they tease her, I think. Yeah, oh, the yeah. only ones she names are the ones who are friends. Yeah. And he he's sitting there listening to her and his amusement begins to tickle in his throat. And the air feels good on his face and he's not empty and he laughs. Yeah. How long has it been what a since terrifying image has laughed? Mm-hmm. And Minerva's getting angry. What's so funny? And Luna says, how am I doing, Professor? And he says, <laughs> splendidly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Gryffindor scored. 
I don't know how many points they have, though. <laughs> Minerva should just do the commenting herself. Yes, she should. She spent so much time trying to get Lee and Luna to actually do it properly. It might have been the best day Snape had in about 20 years. Yeah. And then we immediately the jump to the day he has to leave. Okay, I need to stop reading because I'm going to have feelings. <laughs> Damn it. And then we have Snape as headmaster. Yeah. And Luna and Ginny and Neville have tried to steal the sword. Oh, dear. And he has to protect them from the Karos without the Karos realizing what he's doing. And, of course, the Karos have no clue that the Forbidden Forest doesn't need to be forbidden. And that Mm -hmm. Luna could go in there. And also without the kids realizing what he's doing. (laughs) Right. Well, and also the fact that. It does to an extent. But, yes, I see your point. That that Luna has gone, gone in and out of that place. Mm-hmm. So often in the last six years, the, the centaurs are probably friends with her. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because they're both vague. They probably just yeah. get along See? splendidly. Oh yeah, no, they're they're it, it's totally like a, oh yeah, the Caros are up at the school, and you know Snape sent us down here to protect us, and blah 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 blah. Wait, well, <laughs> hold it, so hold hard. it, hold it. Can somebody please write a one shot where <laughs> Luna is talking to the spider colony and drop? Yes. <laughs> no, she's friends with all the creatures of the forest. No, like, I know yeah. she is. I know she is, but I especially want to see her with the spiders and guap. <laughs> Somebody who knows some things about either astrology or astronomy, preferably both, uh, should <laughs> do a thing with her and the centaurs where they yeah. just completely no, talk in metaphors and everybody else is like, what? I, 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 uh, huh? I'm completely lost. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> What's yeah. going on? That would be really good. So yeah, it's uh, it's to gather some like potion for him or potion ingredient for him, mm-hmm. and she gets about five minutes, and they spend the rest of the detention probably just mm-hmm. chatting with with centaurs. Yeah, I love that one shot. Yeah, and our centaur and our centaur. <laughs> <laughs> and the whole idea is the Caros will think you know he's sending them out to a terrible place, mm-hmm. and. The kids will be, all be so incensed that they have to gather potion ingredients for Voldemort that they won't notice that it's really not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. a big But of course, out. she sees right through it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Silly professor, she seems to say. You knew that. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, shut up, don't give me away, shut up. <laughs> yeah, he takes the wands, she takes the wands back and leaves. Mm-hmm. And now it's the new first evening of the new term, and she's been grabbed knows that something's going to happen. Yeah. Minerva storms into the office. It's the last straw. Yeah, and they've because taken Luna. Luna's off the been train. stolen. Dolhov and Greyback, and that's what he's really afraid of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Greyback well, takes took her a, off the train. A huge amount of time to actually mention that it's Luna, yeah. and it's just the punch in the gut. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Because first he's like, okay, what's happening? What are we doing? Idiots, why did you attack the train at all? Why did you put Greyback on a train with kids? You're not, this makes no sense, people. And then they mention that Luna's gone. And he just has to close everything down and keep saying things so they go away. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then he can explode. Yeah. It kind of makes me feel bad for the way that McGonagall treated Snape at the very end of the book because if she had no choice 
Well, well, and he's still not letting her see. Yeah, she's not in on it. He he's keeps not in acting, you know, like he doesn't really care. Yeah. While I'm, not, she's there. I'm not saying it was preventable. I'm just saying I feel bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Like, because this is very much, I, I could totally buy this as canon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And she's like, I thought, I thought you liked Miss Lovegood. Yeah. And he's like, Dumbledore thought so too. Get out. I have angry letters to write. And she's like, you monster. How dare you? Yeah. And, and he, you know, the door slams and Amicus gets hexed. <laughs> and you, you know, it's, it's a nicer person. It's interesting because he's trying to come in. He's trying to get back to the point where he feels. No, Ami- no. Amicus is the one who's doing the hexing. Yeah. Oh. Well, and, and so he, he's trying to get back to the point where he feels empty again. Mm. But the thing is that once you aren't empty anymore, you can't, you know, undo that. Mm-hmm. No. Once you he feel, can't. it's just you, you're always going to feel. Yeah. And he lets out a scream and he just starts throwing things. And Very like Harry. Yeah. It's just so sad. And he just oh. demolishes a chair. One of Dumbledore's old chairs. Yeah. He takes a calming drought to try and cool him down. And he tells... Uh, and from then on, he refuses to look at the Ravenclaw table. Yeah. She must have been so afraid. Yeah. And you mm. should have picked a different Poor person kid. for this job. And Dumbledore says, this is your burden to bear. Go down to dinner. Yeah. Mm. Okay. There needs to be a movie about Snape. <laughs> like, it needs to happen. Or Peter. Or both. <laughs> Yeah, and so here comes uh, one of the carols again. Terrible with oh carol names. And he comes slamming in, and, and Snape's like, there's a bell, you know. Oh, it's a lecto. And you'll never believe what just happened. Oh, this. Yaxley just flew, and Potter was at the manor, and Be- Bellatrix let him escape, and they took that love good girl with them. Mm. And Snape's like, thank God. You know, he doesn't say it, but you know, he's just like, ah. Yes. And, yeah, and he's taking everybody. Yep. And, yeah. Yeah, it's it's, Snape is now only half listening. It's just like, okay, good, we're good, we're fine. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Potter has Luna. Luna, Potter will take care of Luna. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Potter's an idiot, but he's, you know. Loyal to a fault. Well, and I love Electo. Perhaps I should go offer my services, he says at last. Snape, he pauses, and there's something in Electo's tone that he's not heard before. I can't stand you. You know that. But if I were you, I'd wait about a week before go poking your big nose anywhere near the Dark Lord. (laughs) Really? 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 (laughs) Yeah. It kind of proves that even, you know, his followers were not that loyal. Well, no, none of them were. No. Except for Bella. Yeah. Except for Bella, who was crazy. And Barty, yeah. who was also crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so he allows himself one to be distracted by one single thought. Miss Lovegood is safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he's been, he's been spending this whole scene not thinking anything because he's got his occlumency going on full force. So everything yeah, is yeah. just like little thoughts that are just pass through and skip over the brook of nothingness. It's all nothing. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And this is kind of the culmination of the entire fic. Perhaps in Snape's mind, Luna Lovegood is a life that he could not bear to see lost, because although he believes that every life is important, 
her life is important to him. Okay. She is important to him, as Lily Evans was, not in the same way, but for the same reasons. She is important to him because for all his darkness and turmoil and the wrong he has done, Snape always finds himself inexorably drawn to goodness, like the desperate moth to a lamp. There is no question about this. It is an innate in him as the shape of his hands or the color of his eyes or the exact sound that his heart makes as it pounds in his chest. Oh, gosh. And even though he never hears from the lightning-haired girl again, he thinks of her occasionally and allows himself to hope. Yeah. Yep. And then we have a coda where it's mm. Harry's point of view again, mm. and he's gone to find the cemetery that they buried Snape in, and Luna's already there. <laughs> and Harry's baffled. What are you doing here? What do you have to do with Snape? To which I'm going, Harry, there were other like plot points that or timelines that were going along while you were in school. Like other people have stories too. (laughs) Yeah. I love that she pats the ground beside her and says, sit with us. Yeah. And she shares with him that Snape has left Luna all of his stuff. Yeah. And his money. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Yeah. If she's still, if she is present, (laughs) Mm -hmm. she can have the things. She can take and if she ain't, I wonder who it went, who it goes to. The rest to. goes to the school. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she can go through and pick anything that she likes, and otherwise. Oh my. And Kingsley didn't really give a funeral for Snape because he was afraid that people would uh, might still be angry. Mm-hmm. And Harry yeah. is still angry, so you know he says people are angry, and yeah. Luna says I wish they wouldn't be, and Harry's trying to figure out because he knows you know, the truth behind Snape right. and he, he but he, mm-hmm. he's still trying to reconcile it within himself because there was this man who was incredibly mm-hmm. cruel to him. Mm-hmm. But there was this also man who was this man who was incredibly protective of him. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it it's kind of how do you figure out those two people are the same person? And it's I, I don't I don't think it's in Harry's maturity at this point to see that because his relationships with men at this point have been Dumbledore and Arthur on the good side Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. Vernon and Voldemort and Remus, but like serious and, but you know, very good to a fault people. And then on the other side, it's been Vernon and Dudley and, you know, and he's still trying to figure out the fact that like most people are good and evil Mm-hmm. And they have faults and, 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 you know, weaknesses. Insert serious speech here. Right. But I mean, I, I think Harry didn't really, Sirius couldn't have given Harry that speech and Harry have really understood it. Yeah. No. Because Sirius in Harry's mind will always be the good man who was essentially, you, you know, who had to pay for a crime he never committed. Mm-hmm. He's like Jesus. Yeah. But, you know, he he was kind of sinless in the fact that, you know, he never killed Harry's parents. He was never involved in as a Death Eater. But he was given a life sentence in Azkaban. And in every sense of the word, he paid with his life for that crime. And he never got to have a relationship with Harry because of that. Mm-hmm. So there's no way that Sirius could ever tell him there there's good and evil in people because Sirius wasn't really a person to Harry. Mm-hmm. Sirius idea 
Yeah. My God. Snape was a person. And Snape, but Harry couldn't figure out how to put Snape in the middle. He's, he'd never experienced a man being both good and evil. Mm-hmm. I, I reminded of when the seventh book came out because when the sixth book came out, for those of you who were fans at the time, everyone was obsessing over whether Snape was good or Snape was evil. And people would ask me, I would be like, Snape is both. He is both good and evil. It is very obvious if you look at, you know, the, the text of the books that he's both book, good and evil. Book um, three. Book three, book four. It's just, you, you, you know that Snape's both based on, on facts. We know. Or, Harry didn't but, know. But, but pe- know. people, pe- no, but people were, were like, no, Snape is good. Snape is evil. I mean, look, look at Jen from like way back in the day. Like, you know, mm-hmm. she was adamant that Snape is good and, and, you know, Snape's not good. Snape's not evil. Snape is both. Mm-hmm. Snape is human. Snape is human. Mm-hmm. Which aren't we all? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so we try anyway. Harry's and even and Harry's point, even though he didn't have a choice in the matter, he still murdered somebody. He treated people, you know, badly, even though it was for show. You know, he he, even though he was fighting for the light in the way that he could, he was still an asshole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Harry has a right to hate him. But also, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. What? I mean, I get that Snape was treating Harry badly, partly because he doesn't like Harry because of who he is. Yeah. But could it have been for show to be like, I'm pretending that I yeah. didn't actually. But how, the hell did that, how the hell did that not occur to me until now? <laughs> it could have, I mean, we, we oh, don't my know goodness. motivations. We never see anything from no, Snape. No, we don't. We don't. Oh my God. So, we don't know why Snape treated Harry the way that he did. He apologized to Harry for Lily's death in the first book. Well, I'm not quite completely. We know part of it because of James. Yes. Yeah. Because he doesn't necessarily see Harry. He sees James. He sees Lily's eyes and that gives him a little bit of pause. But, but he's an asshole to everybody. And I think part of that is it's an act. Because, you know, he's an asshole, but that doesn't make him evil. And, but, you know, Harry has, Harry has the right to his feelings, I think is the, is, is my major point is he gets to hate him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And Luna starts to, you know, validate that and say, yes, there are reasons that you feel bad about him. And he says, wait, what I need from you is to explain why you don't. Yes. I need to understand the other side of this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Please tell me why you felt he was human. What was different for you? And so she goes through some of the things that he did for her and, you know, letting her stay in the potions room in the evenings and do experiments and things and always answering her questions, even when they were weird and giving her a place where she can be different and it's okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he wants to know how did that happen? Why was he nice to you? And she says, "I think it's because I was nice to him first, <laughs> and he thought yeah. it was just weird." But yeah. and Harry kind of comes to terms with the fact that you know, even though Snape was an asshole and he was cruel to Harry, and Harry has a right to hate him for that, Snape watched watched out for him time after time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, that's the part where she says he must have been so scared. 
All I can yeah. picture is Mrs. Landingham talking to Charlie. Mm-hmm. I don't know that. In the Christmas actually. episode yeah. of West Wing, when she's telling him about her sons, about but her I'm just sons. sitting here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, oh, oh. Oh, my gosh. I'm oh. You don't like Christmas? I miss my boys. You know, they were so young, Charlie. They were your age. It's hard when that happens so far away, you know, because with the noises and the shooting, they had to be so scared. It's hard not to think that right then they needed their mother. Well, and it's exactly the same thing that he said about her or thought about her. She must have been so scared. Yeah, Yeah. You know. Mm, Full circle. Yeah. Yeah. And she says, when everyone else was laughing at me for being different, Professor Snape was the only one who said, that's okay, you can come and be different here. A little further down, go ahead. Go ahead. This is past the whole Spectre Specs thing, and this is really toward the end of the fic, but I love this passage of, um, because Harry is talking about how Snape made Luna's life better, and she says he did. I learned so much from him, more than just potions and spells. I learned that people are so complicated, and there's so much we can learn from each other, even the people who we think might be bad or might not matter. I learned that sometimes there aren't really words for what you want to say, and that's all right, because feelings are complicated, too. Magic works the same way a lot of the time. It isn't always about waving your wand the right way or using the right incantation. Magic is around us and in us, and that's what makes us human, whether we're wizards or muggles or whatever else. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And most importantly, more than anything else, I learned that for as complicated as we are, we must do two simple things. We must love ardently and always hope. Professor Snape did that, even if it wasn't as gracefully as most people. Even if he didn't know he was doing it, even when he didn't think he could. Yeah. (laughs) And that's when I lost it. (laughs) It still counted, right? Yes. Every bit of it counted. This this reminded me of my grandfather, because he was the type of person who loved ardently and always hoped. And they, they both say goodbye, and well, she says goodbye, and three crows take off from their perch above them, mm-hmm. and they leave the grave with scattered flower petals and a pair of specter specs swaddled in baby's breath. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of the fic. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's, it's a deep one. Yeah, yes. it. and it's long. <laughs> But it's yes, so it is. Good. It's, it made me cry over Snape, which it doesn't happen very often. Thirty-two thousand no. words. No, and I'm really sad that Trisha wasn't able to join us tonight because she would have loved this. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. I think how was I everything? Remember to send her a message that just says you really need to read this. This, yeah, this is something. And yeah, with the things that are happening in her life right now, this might be a good thing for her to read. Yeah. yeah. So. Oh my goodness! I don't remember oh, signing up for this one, but I'm glad I did. <laughs> well, I don't know that you signed up for it. I just sent you a message and said, "Do you want to do this or not?" <laughs> yeah, no, I, I remember. I remember reading it, and I, I loved it. it was, oh, 
you know, it's a, it's a great concept at the beginning where you like, you know, this has all started because Snape had to live through Airy Fairy Luna's being in his class and they would both make each other's life hell. Basically, yeah, sure. It, it sounds like such a funny concept, and then you're g- giving given like all these feels, and it's just like, what are you mm. doing to my life? <laughs> and it turns out to be this wonderful story because she really thought it out and really kind of figured out how it could work. Yeah, no, and it does. It for me, this really is well. this is like Fox ears. Like, mm-hmm. like this is accepted yeah. canon in my head. Yeah. Oh, this is this is new. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's really, it's just really well done, really well written. Which was not actually another tie-in, which is not long after my grandfather passed. So, and Scott said this is the only thing she's written? Is it, do we know if it's a girl? We don't know. Um, this, whoever this person is, has apparently had three other uh, fanfiction.net accounts before this, but <laughs> this is the only one posted on this one. Well, it, says, she, it is a fairly new account, so... Yeah. This is my third FF.net account in 12 years, so it's time to start a new chapter, it seems. I'm hoping there to produce are, work more frequently, so we'll see how that goes. There will probably wonder- be all Harry Potter stuff, maybe all Snape stuff, knowing me. And if you like, you can look at my essays and such at the Tumblr, which is under the same name. Very so good author. Yeah, I like yeah. it. Yes, this was written in April. It was published on April 30th. So mm. they are... Recently active, whoever Billows and Smoke is. I will have to send them a message and let them know that we covered this. Yes, and it was wonderful. Mm -hmm. And we really enjoyed it. It's very well written. And it makes you feel sorry for Snape while he's still being kind of a dick. (laughs) (laughs) And normal canon Snape. So, yeah. I guess it's safe to say that we all liked this story. It made us feel <laughs> Yes, we did. Yes. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed our coverage as well. And we will, as Sue says, get in touch with the author and see if they have anything to add. If they do, it will probably be tacked on the end of this. So keep listening. Yep. <laughs> and, um, yeah, come back next week for our first coverage of, let's see. It's the magic one. <laughs> They're all magic. After magic. Ah, uh, yes. That one's fun, too. Harry Potter, it's all about magic. Mm. Didn't, didn't we cover one of his yes. already? Okay. We yes, we did. We did one last season, but this was another uh, good two one. Two seasons ago, actually, I think. Oh, could be. But this is the Percy one. Were I you guys going to do a mm-hmm. point of view weekly or something about Marvel? Uh, I don't um, know. I don't okay. we did. Possibly. Percy one. It's, it's almost it. a companion to Fox Ears. They remind me of each other. It's a similar oh, original concept. Oh, that's the one where Percy but, does. Okay, 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 yeah. okay. Yes, yes. It's the but. prequel to Albus Potter in the Year of the Badger. Okay, that's uh, okay. probably the one that we did. But. And it, I, if I'm remembering correctly, yeah, it's the one where Percy tries to... <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Percy does? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about it a lot when we were covering Albus Potter, mm-hmm. so we just decided okay. to go back and do it for this one. It's a shorter fic. But it's okay. only eight chapters. Okay, so it's like Fox Tears, but not Fox Tears. No, it's yeah. not Fox right. Tears. They remind me of each other. It's, Yay! Yay! Because... It's not dead. What? So... <laughs> Just, oh, so, and not just so you don't go into this too. with your hopes up and get dashed. I I wanted to give God you that warning. <laughs> I 
I'm not reading it. You don't have to read it. You got my hopes up anyway. Uh, well, that's why I thought I'd better tell you before you started reading. I didn't want that all caps hate mail. I get enough. I'm an evil Hufflepuff oh, from Scarlet. Oh, and, I don't and, need more. You, you would get the hate mail from me. I know. I know. That is that is the one thing. You don't mess with. Yeah, we, we just go back to your fox ears. You're good. Mm-hmm. I like fox, fox ears. Is the happy ending version of this one. Mm-hmm. Fox <laughs> is happy. Fox ear. Fred's not dead. Yep. Fred's not dead. Fred's not dead. <laughs> this one, it's more a case of Percy's not dead. Are you giggling over there in the corner, Sue? Never, 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 never. Don't forget Percy. He tries. We should, we should say goodnight. Yes, because Cat has to go to bed. Yes. Yes. I have to go to bed. Y'all need Kat to go to bed. Cat has up in four hours. All right. Well, thank I you, Cat, for joining tonight. us. What? She has to get up in four said- hours to finish to work out the night shift. She starts... I, my shift starts in five hours. How is that a night shift? I start at, it's currently 9 p.m. Oh, oh, duh. You're in a different, okay. <laughs> okay, okay. Time zones. Time zones. Time zones. Time zones. <laughs> okay. Yeah, those nasty little time yeah, zones. Yeah, I'm really tired and slightly tipsy and... <laughs> Yeah, no, it's 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 a very okay. early morning shift for East Coast, and then okay. it becomes the night coast on the west, or night shift okay. on the west coast. <laughs> oh boy! So I have to get up at the at the latest at one p.m. one a.m. So huh. yeah, it's, it's time for bed. All right, so we will close out the fic and say good night, everybody. Night. Good night, everyone. Thanks night. for listening. And now a word from our author who had quite a lot to say. I hope you enjoy it. Hello, this is Billows and Smoke, and I'd just like to start by saying thank you. Um, I'm really flattered by your commentary on my fic. I really enjoyed listening to all of you talk about it, and I'm so pleased that you enjoyed reading it. Um, But yeah, um, I think a good jumping off point for where I'd like to go is Sue's comment about this beginning like an airy fairy Luna story and then becoming much deeper than that because that's sort of how it was writing it and a lot of people have voiced interest in where those deeper themes were coming from. Um, I've been fascinated by Snape basically since Deathly Hallows came out, and so I've had a pretty long time to develop this comprehensive understanding of him, and this was initially going to be a bit of a thesis on his mental health issues and why he's a bully and so on. But then, of course, Luna is the catalyst for this study, and obviously I didn't understand her to the extent that I understood Snape because, you know, I didn't have 10 years of thinking about it under my belt. But... I started writing and going back to the books and I started to have these moments where I'd be like, oh, that's that's kind of like William Blake. I did my senior capstone on him. He's my favorite. And then I started seeing more and more of these similarities until I came to the slow realization that, oh, I think I might understand Luna because she's kind of like William Blake. So suddenly it went from being, well, I guess I'll do another Snape character study to I am literally taking my two favorite things to talk about and just smushing them together. So as a little background, Blake was an English poet and artist who worked from the late 1700s until his death in 1827. 
And part of what was at the core of his motivation to be a creator was that he believed that literary characters live in us eternally as entities that really do exist, but just on a slightly different plane. And also that character creation and world building is a divine act, and it's to quote, to open the eternal worlds, expanding in the bosom of God, the human imagination. He said that to write is to build the universe stupendous, and in each of us, those worlds expand as wings. So you can see why initially Blake is relevant to a bunch of Potter nerds. Um, But back to Luna. Blake thought that in order to be this creative force, we have to engage in this cycle where we constantly purge our assumptions about the world so that we can then perceive the things around us in new and enlightening ways. So, for example, Blake was writing a letter to a friend and he was like, well, I saw this thistle, but I felt like there was something old man about it, you know? Um, He doesn't just look at it and say, well, that's a branch of valerian and here's what it does. He thinks about it and he counts the blossoms and he tries to perceive it in a new way that sort of asks, how is it magic? Or in his terms, what is its essence? And I don't think I'm drawing that connection unduly either. Part of Luna's strangeness comes from believing things her father writes about, but she She's also very perceptive, and it's not as though she believes those things just because her father tells her to. There's one point in Order of the Phoenix when Hermione insists that one of Luna's creatures just doesn't exist at all, and Luna doesn't get angry because someone is calling her a liar or crazy, but because Hermione is, quote, narrow-minded and just needs to have everything shoved under her nose. Um, She's angry that Hermione isn't open to the possibility of such a creature existing, which speaks to that emptiness versus openness thing that you were commenting on. It might be yoga, but it's also Blake. Um, Luna's openness is a kind of innocence, though not in the way that Luna is an ignorant person. Innocence in this context is opening yourself to the world and saying, I am empty, now fill me with something new. It's that element that allows Luna or Snape to see on this different level. The specter specs are more symbolic as we come to understand. Um, This is also the main issue in the poem that the fic takes its admittedly mouthful title from, and the main misunderstanding that I think Snape has about Luna in the beginning. She isn't ignorant, she's just open. And... I'm not sure I fully understood that particular Luna Blake connection until after I listened to you guys bring it up. So at this point, I honestly kind of feel like the two of them are just these kindred lunatics who hijacked my car a long time ago, and I've just been sitting in the back seat the whole time. So, again, that's the super Sparknotes version of all that, because I'd really like to get to the point that I think is most relevant to what we're all doing here. Blake was very open about the fact that he would converse with the literary spirits of John Milton, who was historically the author of Paradise Lost. Blake was fascinated by that work, and so he and this brain Milton would have these conversations in which they'd talk about what the text meant and what it was trying to say about the world and so on. But this is where it gets really interesting. 
One of Blake's longest works is just called Milton, and it's pretty much self-insert John Milton fanfic, where it's not only allowing the two of them to interact on the page, but also allowing their stories to interact. And at one point, Milton descends as the essence of star and enters Blake's being through his left foot, and it is just as wacky as anything Luna could have ever come up with herself. Um, but the the point is that Blake uses the medium of fan fiction to not only engage with Milton and his text, but to also bring the reader into this conversation. So it's very interesting to me that you all seem to end up talking about more than just the story over the course of the episode. You were talking about the series itself and what it means canonically. And although fanfic of all kinds is wonderful, I think it has a much more reputable potential than people give it credit for. So... Obviously, I took quite a few liberties with Luna, but the Snape in the story is really as canon as I could get him, aside from his teenage, self-destructive, death-eater smoking phase. But then again, Blake's Milton was a foot star, like I said, so why not? Um, but the reason for that is because I believed the story should function as a device to provoke reactions and conversation and present some kind of argument about Snape within the Harry Potter books. It was about allowing the reader to access the original text in a new and meaningful way. Um, I'll admit, I generally rub my hands together and cackle a little bit when I get a review notification that I've made somebody cry, but I was really touched by Kat's reaction to Luna's last speech because I feel like that's the point. I haven't really changed Snape. I feel like the text really supports his motivation for being a bully and having these emotional shortcomings, but I've presented him through a new, maybe purple-tinted lens where it might have affected her for personal reasons, but she also pointed out how she doesn't usually cry about Snape, and that's an extremely common response that I've gotten. People have talked about understanding Snape better and understanding themselves better, and that's just it. So, sure, I could have written a critical paper about basically the same themes, but nobody would have cried about that. People might have understood my point, but they wouldn't have felt it, and there seems to be more truth in that than in knowing. And, I don't know, maybe I'm misspeaking when I say that not many people are writing like this, but Kat definitely wasn't the first one to assume this was some kind of weird crack shipping fic. A lot of people have voiced um, opinions about the pairing after just reading the genfic friendship emblazoned description, and I've just kind of been over here like, look guys, I'm just trying to do scholarship and have a cathartic cry, alright? Um, but yeah, I could go on, but I do have a few specific comments for you guys. Uh, rapid fire, Luna definitely explodes that potion herself because she's being careless and makes mistakes and she's not perfect either. Um, I made a point that Slytherins aren't the only bullies, thank you very much. There is Victorian flower language for days if you are looking for it, and yes, I am absolutely going to kick around ideas for a Luna chills with different creatures in the forest fic. Um, so, 
Moving on, I guess uh, something that Scott seemed to have a question about. Snape's song spell in the fic is definitely canon, and I think it's the main textual evidence that he actually does have some engagement with Luna's shenanigans, and they are alike aside from being intergenerational foils of each other. Part of Blake's idea about essence and perception was that language is too imperfect to convey the exact feeling of a thing, but music can, because it can convey emotion non-verbally. Vulnera Sanantur, which we see but we don't get the name of in text, is described as, quote, an incantation that sounded almost like a song. Uh, this spell is, I think, uniquely audible without being verbal, and I have a bit of an essay that I won't get into, but I'm fairly confident that V.S. is intended as an embodiment of his remorse and desire to fix, a kind of apology that he can't communicate otherwise because he's not emotionally or verbally equipped for it. Yet V.S. can convey to Luna the essence of, can I heal that for you? Because speaking those words wouldn't capture the nuance of, I'm concerned, I want to heal you, I want you to be well. Um, as a quick aside, I'd like to mention that there are definitely plenty of little Easter eggs for second-time readers. For example, when Luna Lovegood breaks, it will not be his doing, but then at the grave, Harry watches a little part of Luna Lovegood's heart break. There are a lot of little completed arc moments like that, and ultimately it's why the story is one long thing and not separated into chapters, which several people have commented on. Um. Oh, on a personal note, um, thank you for the West Wing soundbite. I might have cried a little or maybe actually um, a lot. <laughs> um, uh, because over the years, I've kind of developed this motherly attachment to Snape, and I like to sum it up by affectionately labeling myself a Snape mom who is not angry, just disappointed. Um, but the thing is, is that I do feel like Mrs. Landingham when I think about his death. He died grasping at the last part of Lily, thinking that he'd failed her because Harry was about to go off and be killed. And the thing is, is that the others died quickly, but Snape suffered and he knew he was dying. And there is a wish that is so deep in me that there might have been someone there for him who could have just put a hand to his face and said, Shh, sweetheart, it's okay. Don't be scared. It'll be over soon. Um, so um, uh, thanks for giving me a taste of my own medicine with that, but um, I'll move along. Um, you brought up Luna's relationship with her mother a few times, and I wonder if Luna might converse with her mom a little bit like Blake converses with Milton, and maybe that's what she's doing when she's hanging in the broom closet. Either way, in that scene, there are two kinds of flowers on the floor, asphodel meaning death and pink carnations symbolizing motherhood. So take that as you will. Um, though this did get me thinking about how this might fit into the forest story and how her comment on the Patronus being personal is because the hair is somehow symbolic of her mother. And I was thinking, well, okay, why would it be a hair? Well, okay, I know from friends with pet rabbits that they can jump in such and such way and break their own bones or die from this thing or that thing, and they're very fragile creatures. And, and my narrator voice turns on and says, And if there is one thing that Luna Lovegood understands, 
It's that life, too, is fragile. And I'm like, God damn it, Grace, this is why we can't have nice things. So, yeah, um, this has really been a labor of love, and I did find myself making little edits well after I put it up. Um, Luna's last speech has been tweaked since you read it. Someone said that it sounded a little preachy, and I said, you know what, you're right. So that's a small change, but I do like it a lot better. And I am writing more, for certain. Um, I'm making solid progress with a much shorter Minerva fic, which is kind of talking about her feelings on the sort of eve of the Second War, and also PTSD, because I'm an absolute terror, and I have no shame about it. Um, I've also finished an intro to a fun AU project that I'm working on with an artist, which involves Hogwarts Industries and CEO Dumbledore, and it's astonishing canon compliant, but I probably won't post that on any fanfiction avenues until after Minerva is done. Uh, so I've got essays left and right as usual, especially the bone I'm trying to pick with Cursed Child, but I'm also gathering resources for a book-length piece of Snape scholarship along the lines of the next great Snape debate and why it still matters, of which the upshot is basically that he's somewhere in the middle and you can't really take Snape's side or Dumbledore's or the Marauder's side because so many of these adult characters are dealing with trauma in really elegant ways, and we've got to have compassion for them equally because, in short, people are complicated, and there's so much we can learn from each other, even the people we might think are bad or might not matter. So, yes, I am long-winded as usual, and I apologize, but I do appreciate being able to talk about this because I think it's interesting, and it speaks to the complexity of these books and why they're still worth talking about. So thank you, sincerely, and if anybody wants to talk about any of this some more, I'm pretty easy to find, so hit me up. Again, thanks for having me, and thanks for listening. So hold on to the wonder that those books brought to our Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night.